Hey guys, Ray's here. I did a quick uh, couple-hour interview, nearly two hours, with Greg Staley over at Diverge Media, divergemedia.ca. Please go check him out. Uh, we talk about all kinds of stuff. Uh, my some of my experiences in the military, what the, how the government seems to be forcing or implied implication or implied forcing of mandatory vaccines on the soldiers and what that could mean. The uh, the state of everything uh, we're all going through and. Uh, you know, maybe what comes next. Uh, didn't have a lot of time to announce it, so please, again, go to t.me slash Raging at the Telegram channel. Join that for links, updates, and uh, spur-of-the-moment kind of stuff like this. Of course, the website, ragingdissident.tv, at jmac674, J-M-A-C-K-674 on Instagram, uh, for more updates. Because, as you know, I've been banned from everything, banned from YouTube and, and uh, everything else. Um, I appreciate your guys' support. I hope you enjoy the conversation. I very much did. And um, cheers. Uh, I'll see you on Monday. For RageCast 116, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 8 p.m. Eastern, entropystream.live slash Raging Dissident. Uh, more links and more information at the previous places I just told you about. So you'll have to, if you didn't catch it, you're going to have to rewind and uh, listen again. <laughs> Cheers, guys. Love you. Enjoy. Hello, everyone. Thanks for joining us tonight. I'm Greg Staley of Diverge Media. If you're new to the channel, make sure to subscribe. Tonight we have on a veteran of the Canadian Armed Forces, a former infantryman, but somebody whose opinion obviously uh, carries a lot of weight on the subject when it comes to matters in the Canadian Armed Forces uh, because he obviously still has connections there. We're very excited to have our next guest on, knowing as the Rajan Dis, Jeremy Rage McKenzie. Thank you. Yo, man, I hope for... it was an okay intro. I was hoping uh, <laughs> to no, jazz it up a bit more, but uh, there wasn't even any yeah. fireworks or anything. That's terrible. I'm just kidding. That's <laughs> all good. Yeah, you know, Thanks, I appreciate I it. I love it's the B game tonight, but uh, no, unfortunately, <laughs> I get the B really right. Okay, yeah, we got no. Yeah, no, that, yeah. The last you always get the A game. Uh, I, I don't know what I got. Like brain damage game, I guess. So we really appreciate you coming on tonight. Um, this isn't a paid advertisement, by the way. I was just thirsty. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I had looked up. I'm like, oh, Pepsi. Well, I can't drink Coke <laughs> yeah, because I'll... you know what they're like. You know. Well, yeah, you know, I forgot about the woke stuff, but I just heard mm -hmm. the Jim Gaffigan joke. Yeah, you have. I have Pepsi. Is that okay? Well, no, I have Monopoly money. Is that okay? <laughs> just, <laughs> it's not the same. Yeah. Uh, it's. All Pepsi right. Well, let's get into it. <laughs> hey, to each his own pepsi for some coke for others yeah uh so let's get into your history in the caf can you just introduce to the audience here that i'm, I'm sure many are familiar but uh your history in the caf your position and how long you served well it all started back in 2003 um yeah i joined the uh reserves in 2003 when i was 16 17 years old uh, i was an infantryman for about 14 years plus a bit around that time i served in the Second battalion, third battalion of the uh, Royal Canadian Regiment in uh, Gagetown in Petawawa, Ontario. I did a short stint with the uh, Special Operations Regiment in Petawawa as well, and uh, I was a uh, Master Corporal upon release. I was supposed to be another rank, but uh, that's another story. Doesn't matter. Um, I'm proud of the the guys I worked with there, and um, uh, and you know what we did, despite what I my feelings on the government and. And uh, you know the war and everything, everything like that. I, I, I deployed to Afghanistan in 2007, and various other places around the world. But that's the that's the main one people want to hear about. You know, not so much the time of starving to death in the jungle in Jamaica for a few weeks for you know jungle warfare <laughs> training isn't quite as exciting as you know the as the rest. But um, yeah, it was a uh, kind of a ride. And again, not uh, not hugely 
pumped about uh, the reasons. I wasn't a fan of the war or anything, you know, anymore. Having learned a lot of stuff, but you know, it's not that's not the guy's fault. And you know, you join up, to, you don't ask questions. You're supposed to be a soldier, and you trust the you know, the government to to use you in an appropriate manner. Um, you know, I had a guy who's uh, was speaking to you just recently. Who's uh he's a he's a warrant officer right now I, I believe and he maybe even he might even be a sergeant major and he's just uh trying to put on a brave face you know because they love a lot of these guys love these the careers they put their lives into them and their time and everything and they don't like it as you know they're, they're trying to reconcile this and it's like it's not your fault man it's like uh you know you want to use the gun ban thing as an example it's like it's not the rifle's fault that a maniac picked it up and used it for evil it's you know that's not its fault like that's not your job to to play policy or, or politics you just do. You know, yeah. the, they say, go destroy those people. They're our enemies. And you go, okay. And that's, that's it. So uh, it takes a, cer a certain kind of person to even want to do that job in the first place. Right. So I, I support those guys always, you know, regardless of their political opinions, because it takes a lot of, it takes a lot of, I, you know, I know how much it takes to, to do that kind of job and, and, uh, you know, I'll always have their back and, and they have mine. Thank God. You know, when I first started doing this, it was kind of sketchy. Like I was like, I don't know how this is going to be received, uh, with a lot of the guys, but over time, a lot of them have come around and yeah, the support has been incredible, especially in some of the units apparently there's like almost underground like <laughs> i'm supposed to know they don't, listen to don't me, you say know, anything. Yeah. i told them to just do like a secret diagonal salute in the hallway you know that and the battalion lines that way they'll know who's who it's like a gang sign or something <laughs> <laughs> say no more brother i understand yeah. <laughs> so talking about you know the history there obviously you're no uh stranger to being outspoken on political matters and and obviously the matter i'm referring to if people know your history is Omar Cotter. So he was in Toronto at Dalhousie University. Uh, you Halifax. did a lot. It was a Halifax. Yeah. It's okay. So my. Yeah. So he was there speaking, and um, you showed up. The video went viral, yeah. and you made it known like this is not okay. And yeah. uh, completely agree with what you did. Why are we? You know, he made a decision. You, you've talked through yeah. all your reasoning on that, but when you make the decision to be a catalyst like that, do you find you just bring the audience? with you and, and that's kind of you as a result of you being so vocal you get a lot of people you're still in connections with as the caf as hey you should let him know just because you have that voice now um so that's a long-winded question as far as like when i did it i remember um it was not long after i can't remember when he got the payout and everything it was always just kind of thorn in the in the soul if you will of a lot of us that i mean we lost a lot of guys and a lot of guys can't get the help they need you have to reapply for injuries over and over and over again like yeah i guess what my my legs didn't grow back they're still gone but yet i have to be subjected to all this bureaucracy and this nonsense and the prime minister's telling people uh, you're asking for more than i'm willing to give right now and, and this kind of crap and then he turns around and makes a terrorist a multimillionaire um for you know his rights being violated well that guy you know violated the rights of sergeant christopher spear when he killed him and uh, some of the other you know american service members he killed it could have been us and you know they're over there it wasn't like a one-time mistake and he was scared. He was part of a terrorist family. Many of his family members are convicted, you know, Al-Qaeda members and terrorists and they're there wiring up uh, Italian anti-tank mines and smiling and those went into the ground somewhere and definitely killed somebody else. Like, so who knows how many, how much Speaking misery. Speaking about this the videos that came out of the Cotter family. Yeah, there's there's no telling how much how much misery this guy has. has could, and I mean, that's whatever. He, he, he picked that side, right? And, and I'm on this side, but the, the part that irks is that our government is supporting them instead of us. It's a very clear cut you know, us, you can't be on both sides. That's literally treason. We're bringing back ISIS, you know, fighters now and re rehabilitating them in this kind of thing, which is, you know, we're, we were currently still, I believe, engaged with these guys in Libya and Iraq and ISIS and stuff. Our soft members are doing that. That's treason. The government to support them while being engaged in, in armed conflict with them is it's the legal definition of treason. You can, 
But uh, I had been talking about it, and it was upsetting to to a lot of us. And it was just kind of like the the planets aligned. He only did the one spot. He came to Dalhousie University, which was ten minutes away from where I was living. So it was like <laughs> I have to I have to say something. You know, I I can't. I mean, it's it's me. You know what I mean? There's certain times, and I never had this opportunity. And I'm not gonna make make it seem like it's the same thing at all. But like in warfare, like some guys end up with some pretty pretty prestigious awards that they absolutely deserve. Uh, one of my favorite sergeants I had back in the day, he said, "How do you how do you what what makes a Victoria Cross winner?" You know, and they're like, "I don't know." And he said, "Right place, right time." That's you know. So a lot of guys they they did several <laughs> tours and never fired around. They just never you know. You just never got invaded. You just never got engaged. It just didn't happen. It just and other times did you just see something and it's like the light shines on you and it's like this is it. It's up to you're the only guy in the in the in the situation that can do anything about it. And and I lived there and I was right there and I, you know, said a lot of stuff and it was like the universe had challenged me to back up my big mouth. So I was like, all right then. And Antifa was on Twitter <laughs> saying, uh, we're going to get you. Check, I, yeah. I was like, well, I guess I'm full of shit or I'm not at this point, aren't I? So, you know, and, and you know, they're on Twitter saying they're going to jump me and all this crap. And I was like, well, I, I replied to them, you know, before I was obviously banned on and everything. And it's like, I, I like a hot landing zone. It's, it's fun. It makes it more interesting. And they weren't there. They didn't, you know, bother me, but uh yeah, so it I didn't think it was gonna have that kind of an effect. I just I didn't go there for the for anything like that. I didn't even I wasn't even the guy that took the video. I just live streamed it for the tiny audience that I had just to show that, you know, even if it's just me and and the and the hundred people that are that are following me, we're not all gone. Not all of us have given up and you don't get to just do this to my home and country without anybody saying anything. Nobody's even gonna make a stink about it. Like, no, nah, I'm not my I wasn't raised that way. It's not gonna happen. You know, I'm not gonna let this just happen this way. So if this is all I can do, this is all I can do. And it blew up into a whole thing that I didn't, you know, see coming. And uh, thanks to uh, Peter McIsaac at, uh, I can't remember the name of his media company, but he was the guy that uh, that recorded it and asked if he could put upload it. And I was like, yeah, I, I don't care. <laughs> I want as many people to see how insane this is as possible. And the entire, everybody went in there, thousands, maybe a thousand people, I don't know, went through there. Not a single one of them would look me in the eye. I stood there and was like, I, what are you doing? Why are you doing I this? And they just wouldn't even. They would look at me and they look at, I was wearing my medals and they'd look at that and they just looked at their feet. They knew, they knew yep. immediately. You could tell them by their face, their face would just drop and they're like, yeah, like shame on you. And like, go ahead, walk right by me. You know, I, you know, I was, I was like, I might as well throw pictures of all my dead bodies on the ground for you to step on as you go in there on top of it. And they just, you know, that's Halifax oh, for you. Faced, you know, you come from an ideological world. You can think nice things and want to think nice things about people, yeah. but there's the reality and the yeah. consequences of what was done by Mr. Cotter and his family. Yeah. And it's, so you have what to bothered? live with those decisions. And, and unfortunately they were ignoring them and then they were confronted yeah. with it. And when you and he didn't even, he didn't even apologize. This is the real you yeah. know, issue. I, it would have been a lot different if he came out and said, listen, I was 15 and he was a child. He's 15. He was three weeks away from being 16. I joined the army reserves at 16. We're the same age. Okay, so to say he's a child soldier, well, I guess so am I then, aren't I? Canada recruits infantrymen in the reserves at 16 years old. So does that yep. three weeks really make a difference? If he'd come out and said, yeah, I, you know, I, did, I got pulled into something. I didn't know what I was doing. And, and instead of a speaking tour, he went around to say, I'm going to warn people on the dangers of, you know, radical Islamic terrorism and, and being, you know, brainwashed into this kind of stuff. And, and I'm going to take this money I was given, 10 and a half million, I'm, nine or 10 of it. I'm going to take 90% of it and I'm going to give it to the family of the man I've, I destroyed. And I'm very sorry and, and horrible, you know, feel terrible about that. And, and here's to the wounded other people. I, he didn't do any of those things and he still doesn't. So like, I'm pretty, I don't think he's a good guy. Uh, I was pretty satisfied that this guy is my enemy and still, and will always be. Um, and now he's got a strip mall at Edmonton and he's a millionaire. And that's, isn't that lovely? Just love the way the country's going, you know? Well, I, I want to bring that full circle here. Cause obviously the, the big, 
viral statement that Trudeau gaffed on was you're asking for more than we can give. And now we're in a position where we spent more than both world wars combined fighting COVID. And I think about that statement almost every day, but I I just want to ask a veteran outright. I mean, it was a lie then it was clearly a lie then, but I mean, with all the money that's gone out the door, does that change things for you? That that statement, it's just like rubbing, rubbing salt in the wound of it. Every, every, every time you see money go out the door and I'm going to, I'm going to, I know a lot of these guys will agree with me because I, we're all very similar in a lot of, I mean, we all have our individual, you know, personalities and everything, but we, we all believe a lot of the same core values and, and things that, that, that are right and wrong. And, uh, uh, the first, uh, after the first year I've been making it a habit to like donate some money to, you know, like the children's hospital one year. Um, I think in, in Halifax, actually the Dal- the IWK, I think I gave him 600 some bucks of, from donations. And uh, what I originally had wanted to do was give it to a veterans charity and all the guys that were veterans in the chat said, give it to the kids. We don't need that money. Give it to them instead. They, they would rather have seen this money. Like if you're going to yeah. spend money and you're not going to give it to us, that's one thing. But you're going to give it to our enemies. And you're going to you're going to take it away from Canadian families and Canadian, you know, struggling people with their losing their businesses and their jobs and, you know, stay home, stay safe and all this crap. And it's just become overwhelmingly uh, impossible to ignore how much contempt this government has, not only for our veterans and our armed forces, but the, just the population as a whole. And it's not even just the Liberal Party. They're all. No one is saying any, they're not doing anything about it. They might have a couple snappy sound bites, you know, maybe Pierre gets a zinger in here and there, but I don't see anything <laughs> resembling substance. Nobody's putting themselves out there and taking any risks for our behalf when, when our guys are going up and getting blown to bits and scarred and maimed and, and ruined for life, you know? And so like, where's the, there's supposed to be a give and take here. And that's the sacred obligation going back to, you know, Greek, the Greek armies of King Leonidas, yep. you know, and stuff. It's like, listen, we'll, we'll protect you and we'll do this. But you know, if you don't have our backs, we're, how can we survive? How can we, that was the understanding. Like that. And the guys would come back. Oh, thank you so much. We'll, we'll look after you now that you're blind and missing limbs and these kinds of things. And it's just, uh, what have you done for us lately? It's It's the uh, least you could do, you know? Yeah. It's, it's really sad. And, and, and a lot of the public doesn't seem to care either. And it was great to see like the, the highway of heroes thing when that was going on when the war was on every time a lot of guys would be killed and there was a highway from Trenton where they do the repatriation ceremonies and they have the bodies in and a lot of this, Civilians would come up on the, on the bridge with the, in the flags and stuff, and everybody's like, "Isn't that great?" And I'm like, "Maybe I'm a I'm a I'm just that guy. I look for the problems to try and to try and see. I try and find something bad, not to be like to rub it in, but be like, this needs to change. This isn't this isn't good enough, you know. And uh, it's like, wow, look how many oh 40 people showed up. Wow, you know, like 40, you know. Um, <clears throat> I've seen more people show. Up. I mean, the Afghans had bigger funerals than this for their guys, so. You know, how much does this well, country really care? I not and and they allow it, right? They they don't hold the government accountable. They're they're more upset about uh you know celebrities and you know this kind of stuff and which bathrooms we can use and they're tearing down the Cornwallis statue in Halifax because racism, but but uh they're satisfied with the fact my roommate Chris Stanix, who was killed in, in Easter actually coming up the anniversary, April eighth, two thousand seven. He was blown up with six other guys, you know. Um oh they named a boat after him. They named the Dartmouth Ferry after him, so that's good enough, I guess. And then they then they host a guy to speak from the same force that killed him in his own town. It's just, I, I just, I can't, I mean, I see all these things. I'm like, how is no one else seeing and feeling the same thing? I it's just, it's not like it's, a, I had to really think about it to see it this way. It was like blatantly obvious. It was like watching a man just beat a child and you're like, is nobody going to stop this? <laughs> Like, why? What's the issue? What do you mean? How am I only only one that sees how crazy this is? And I'm not. Well, thank God, it's it's really blown up since then, and I've got a crazy amount of support now. But 
there was a time when it was seemed like I was the only one. And then I was like, I don't care if I am, I'm, I'm not going, I'm not going to let this slide. So. Well, right's right. And at some point in time, that's how, where I feel like you just got to do what you can. It might as well be me. Um, well, but just hearing like the amount of money that's gone out the door and then they don't even have enough bullets to train in the military. And yeah. I was confronted with the reality of the lack of respect out of the, you know, I can remember those assemblies as kids and I've had this yeah. uh, discussion with Chris Semchuk of Veterans Voice Canada. Yeah, and I, I can remember so how I'm great guy. Yeah. I can remember how impactful they were on me. And then yeah. this year when COVID happened, I had the fight and I, I wrote articles on let's have Remembrance Day. Let's do it safely, whatever. Keep the politics separate. Let's still gather to honor our vets. They fought yeah. for freedom. It only makes sense yeah. to be there. Yeah, and, they fought um, for every, yeah they fought for everybody left wing right wing wherever you are like you're a citizen of this country and you deserve to live in live in freedom and safety and and, and free of persecution and intimidation and, and authoritarianism which is I mean everybody's got their different opinions on the wars and everything like that and I'm no different but at the end of the day like that's what they believed then and a lot of people still believe it now and they they died you know for our free they died to protect a free society against one they viewed as authoritarian and tyrannical. And now we're, we're work, we're welcoming that same attitude in and people like me are being told to shut up. And it's like, am I the traitor or are you? Um, there's yep. two societies now and I, I don't care what they label me. They want to say I'm a, you know, homegrown domestic extremist and a white supremacist and a race. Like they come up, whatever. It doesn't even have to be true. They just accuse you of it. And, uh, I've never once been asked for an interview. I've never been asked to clarify any statements or what did you mean by this or what? Never. They just print uh, garbage about you and uh, and that's it. And then anybody that Googles your name sees all this and it's by design that way, right? It doesn't matter who you are and what team you're on. I could be black and it wouldn't matter. They would do the yep. same thing. It doesn't matter. Well, when you realize how people work and that's most people don't go beyond the surface of the title, maybe a couple of paragraphs in an article. That's all it takes is a smear campaign. You hide. So you're right. Absolutely. It's the same with the fact checks. And so yeah. they don't need to tell the truth. They need to tell a narrative that will be believable and they yeah. do it frequently. And I, yeah. we tried with diverge is like, let's go to the source and yeah. let's ask the questions. And we just said, <laughs> yeah. does that matter? Well, truth falls where it falls. Yeah. That's crazy concept yeah. for media. I but. know. That's why I agree. You know, he asked me to come on. I was like, absolutely, man. I saw the work you were doing before. I think it was with some other Appreciate things I had on the stream. And I'm like, that's what journalists are supposed to do. That's how it always was. And you, now we've got a government and an attitude where, they're not concerned about what's right and wrong. They're concerned about winning and losing some kind of weird power struggle. And we've entirely lost our way as a people and a society. And like that, you know, I don't know how to bring it back, but <laughs> try to at least, you know, point it out is the least I can do. And um, now they're more concerned with, with that kind of stuff and uphold or, or maybe out of just fear, not being, you know, not being uh, tolerant enough or whatever it is, you know, the media just kind of, it's like a runaway train and the momentum is so far in one direction. Anybody steps out of line, you get run over by it. And they're just, everybody just wants to keep their head down and, you know, let it go. And uh, it's sad. Well, I think the lack of moral courage is killing the country. Yes, uh, that's, yeah, exactly. You talk about the power structure between parties. I mean, if we, everybody talked about vote splitting in the last election, but my <laughs> God, you either believe in what you're voting for or you don't. And yeah. I've heard from the time I was able to vote, but even before I was able to vote, well, I vote conservative because they're the lesser of the two evils. And I said, I yeah. don't want to vote for evil, damn it. Yeah, exactly. so I said, yeah. What are the options? And so yeah, I've been politically wanna... activist from a young yeah, age, but. Yeah, you're supposed to vote your conscience. And yeah, I, I, that really annoys me because they think, uh, well, it's a flawed argument. They say, oh, well, we got to we got to vote Trudeau out. It's like the guy you're going to try to replace him with that same party is the same. Essentially, there's very little to no difference other than cosmetics and, you know, the way they the way they talk. 
But at the end, when you really look at it and you boil it down, you filter it out, it's like you've got the same, the same garbage comes out the other end. It's the same. They're pro, you know, Paris climate. I mean, Aaron O'Toole basically just tried to force that down the party's throat at his own convention and said to beat the liberals, we got to be more liberal. Like, well, then you don't actually believe like this is about beliefs. This is what this is what this is supposed to be. Like, I, I want this or that because this is what I believe in my soul to be right and wrong and, and how I want to live my life and what kind of world I want, I want to leave for my children. You evidently uh, not you or the audience, but, you know, th th these politicians, <laughs> yeah. evidently you are, are primarily concerned with getting elected so you can get paid and keep playing your your games. Uh, you know, this wouldn't have I, I, I mean, I don't know how this flies with a lot of people, but it's uh, so I mean. Game. That's yeah, what I think gross. it is. It, it flies because people don't know. And yeah, uh, like yeah. you talk about they're all in the same direction. It's it's different flavors of the same thing. Which way do you want it? It's when I, yeah. I did an article, it had the depth of the swamp, and it was connections of the young global leaders, which is Klaus Schwab's organization. He yeah. made a, an organization called Young Global Leaders. Guess who was in it? <laughs> Michelle Rampel, Jagmeet yep. Singh, Christia mm -hmm. Freeland. I put this yep. out and, uh, you know, yeah. Michelle went back and forth with me and trying to justify it. Yeah. But did she block you? No, she hasn't blocked me yet. I'm still last good. year there was a there was a hashtag blocked by Rempel was like basically half a Twitter for a while because they said Michelle, what about all the mass migration? Block, 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 block. And I don't I don't care. Like yeah, it's a sensitive <laughs> subject to a lot of people that are. I mean, I'm I'm so numb to everything. Like you can you can show me anything. I don't. <laughs> I'm incredibly desensitized. But a lot of people there are uncomfortable talking about this stuff. It's a, but regardless, it's a serious issue that a lot of people are concerned about. And if you're, you don't have the adult parts to, to handle questions like that or, or talk about things like this, you have no business being in any kind of leadership position whatsoever, let alone one that's dictating the future of the country. Um, yep. You know, you're just going to dismiss people's like they're not asking, Michelle, what about flat earth? Michelle, what about these millions of people being flooded in, into my city that, you know, are going to strangle our welfare system and crime is exploding and we can't afford, you know, to block like, no, you're not a leader. You're a, you're a sycophant and a, you know, you're just another. And like you said, they're all hanging out at the same country clubs and stuff together. That should, I would never be friends with anyone in the liberal party because they're the antithesis of everything I believe in. I'm not going to, you know, play, play fight with them on TV and then go hang out with them after the fact. I'm not pretending. I really despise these people. I think they're completely self-interested and they'll throw all of our children under the bus for a couple extra dollars and a, a longer term in parliament so they can keep playing their little, uh, you know, fantasy game, whatever it is they think they're doing in there. But it's uh it's disgusting <laughs> all right let's shift here so this is what we wanted to talk about obviously the title of the live stream tonight um wh what you've been hearing from acquaintances from mm. friends in the military obviously you know a lot of people know who you are now and they contact you about what's going on but essentially the way i understood the video that you put out a short live stream was that yeah. there's a coercion happening towards yeah. forcing the soldiers into getting the vax because they will become undeployable which right. will make them unserviceable, which will get them thrown from the military eventually. Right. If they don't go ahead and get this experiment. Well, this interim approved, I'll, I'll be careful with my words here. This <laughs> interim approved vaccine yeah. approved yeah. under interim order. Yes, that's right. So like, for example, like when I, when I was still in, uh, like to deploy to Afghanistan, we needed inoculations against things like yellow fever, you know, stuff like that. And if you don't have those, you're at risk of getting it there. And then if you get sick, then that's a burden on the whole machine. And, you know, obviously you're going to, you can't do that. So it's like you need nobody. Nobody had any issue with that or anything or like polio vaccines, this kind of thing. So if you're not up to date, uh, da deployment, something I can't remember the what the acronym stands for DAG, D-A-G. There's red, yellow and green. Green meaning, oh, yeah, you're good to go. Leave whenever. Yellow is like you need an up. You didn't update a dental. 
you need an updated medical check. Like you haven't had a medical done in four years. So we just got to make sure you're not imminently going to die or something, right? Or you don't have a brain, you know, what if something's wrong with you. Um, but you can get that up to date and then, and then you're good. But if you're red, it's like you're not cleared to go anywhere. Um, so there's something seriously wrong with you or, or whatever. And if you're, you know, dag red or, or yellow, even for the, for this vaccine, the only way to, to clear that up is to, to get, to get to their deployment status is to take it. Um, so it's like, if you want to do your job, you're gonna have to take it. Otherwise you're bound to the country. And eventually if you can't deploy, what good is a soldier to a military that can't use them? And further than that, I'm hearing a lot of the guys, there's a thing called LDA land duty allowance, which is, you know, a big thing for, uh, uh, combat units, yeah. uh, infantry, armored artillery, that kind of thing. And it's like extra pays a few hundred dollars a month. It's enough. It's your kids' groceries. You know, these guys come to depend on this kind of stuff. And, and they're going to lose that because they're going to be shuffled out of these units and like, well, you know, if we have to deploy tomorrow, we can't use you. So you're going to lose that or your jump pay, your spec pay. I don't know how far it's going to go. So there's an immediate punishment, right? There's an immediate consequence. And then later down the road, it's like you've set the wheels in motion now that potentially you're going to be released. Like they'll, you know, maybe for a while, six months, a year, I don't know, but sooner or later, depending on your your CO and your individual units, uh, you know, how they want to handle it. They're eventually going to show you the door if you're, if you know, you're not deployable. Um, so it's like, it's not, not mandatory, but you know, it's a loop. It's not mandatory. You'll just be non-deployable. And then because you're non-deployable, you'll be released. So, you know, it's, well, we've it's heard very, this before, right? Very government. It's not military. a tax. Yeah. It's, it's not typical. a tax. It's a regulatory measure. Right. It's not yeah. A, it's, not, no. it's not a tax. It's the price <laughs> on carbon. Yeah. It's a very, <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, stupid. Well, but yeah, a lot that, of the guys are not pumped about it, and uh, they're they're kind of scared. A lot of them are like, I don't, I don't want to. They put a lot of time, 20, 30 years, some of these guys, and they're they're trying to have a career and make a go of this. And now they're being basically, they're gonna have to trade their integrity of their body for something, some experimental thing that you know the guys paying attention are like, this isn't approved by anyone. The government just fast tracked an interim approval, like you said. There's been no FDA approval of this, and like in the United States, there's been no, and and then they're paying. Let's come out now. Uh, uh, Canuck Laws and another you know person I follow, and uh, Lee Stewie and, and a few other people. Like they're like we've looked. We uncovered a documentation proving the government is paying the social media influencers and uh, you know Facebook. They're working with Facebook now to convince Canadians that no, it is safe. Why would you have to pay someone? Why why are you trying so hard to convince people this is so safe if it is? Why that that that's that's like um you know somebody gets caught cheating on their wife and he goes through like hell and hell and back to, to prove that he's not it's like he's this, this me thinks dost thou protest too much you know what i mean <laughs> it should be self evident but it's not and but the but the real problem here is um i really don't care if you want to get it get it but if you don't you shouldn't yep. be punished for that because that's what a free society looks like and if if you're going to i don't want to live in a country where um you have to subject yourself to you know uh it's like a form of rape you're going to you're i'm going to have something injected in your body, even if you don't want it. Um, and if you don't, you're going to be punished for it. There's going to be extra restrictions. Your life and your freedom are going to be impacted. Maybe you can't travel. You can't go to a hockey game anymore. You can't get on a plane. You can't, who knows, you know, where it ends and what kind of society is that? That's not a, a good place. Now you've got a two tiered society and everything. So, um, you know, it's, it's basically comes down to freedom and, um, you know, we're, we're giving it away. So it's, it's, it's scary. Are you, are you hearing this a lot from um, different people or is it a lot of different people or I've had five different guys uh, tell me now and from different units, not even like from one specific place. Some of them were, you know, I want to say where they're at, but they're all, all of them in the, are in the army in different units. And they're saying, yeah, it's uh, I don't think it's officially come out yet, but I think a few of them have been, it's, it's typical that something cooking up top will eventually work its way down before it officially comes down like a deployment or an exercise or, or something. Like I heard we're going to Poland, you know, we're going to Poland soon. And, and then, you know, months later, like, all right, we're going to Poland. And then they'll officially brief everybody. But 
this is what uh, this is what everybody's been hearing there that that's that's what's coming. Um, I don't know when it's going to happen or, or or anything like that, but they've been they're they're alarmed enough to tell me like, dude, I don't know, and they're all saying like, I'm just going to have to get out, I guess, because I'm not risking my uh, the integrity of my body forever um, for for this. And it's not like it's not even like it's without precedent. When I was you know uh, you mentioned this earlier with the the mefloquin. Uh, toxicity yes. thing which is a whole scandal in itself that the government is desperately trying to not get out, let out at all um sean arnston is another guy um who's been an advocate of this for a long time dave bona out west there's, there's a there's a ton of these guys trying to raise awareness about this and it's uh larium was the name of the drug or mefloquin is an anti-malarial drug and the army said hey you know take this you don't get malaria it's very it's, is this safe oh yeah yeah don't worry about it Turns out it's not safe, and it uh, it's actually very toxic and dangerous, and uh, does vestibular damage to your uh, your brain, your brain stem. It like melts holes essentially in your brain, from what I understand. And um, the symptoms are very similar to severe PTSD, and which I found interesting. We we were we were concerned about this ten years ago. We were sitting like going, how are all these Air Force and Navy people coming back just as screwed up as us when you know they have PTSD from eating in the mess? and working on a computer all day that doesn't really make sense like the the old diagnosis for post-traumatic stress disorder is your your life was immediately in danger like you've been you know raped or in a car a plane crash or something or you're in you know intense combat in a war type of thing and how is it this possible it isn't really but they did take the pills um and the u.s government has acknowledged that and stopped the program and canada still issues it it's as a last resort but they'll still uh, give it to people and um, they want to pretend like it's PTSD and, and that's it because then it's not their fault. It's the war's fault and, and we'll pay you a little bit. And they're going to ignore the fact that they've, uh, they lied and they, they covered this up and, and they lost our medical records. And, um, you know, there was supposed to be medical follow-up. They didn't do, they were supposed to be briefed on this stuff and we weren't. Um, so this is the same army guys that did that to us. And now you're going to trust them with this even worse, uh, you know, question mark or Pandora's box of God knows what. It's uh, you'd have to be crazy. You'd have to be you'd have to be kind of insane to try. I mean, lie, lie to me once or fool me once. Shame on me. You know, fool me twice. Oh. <laughs> exactly. I have something up here on the vaccines themselves from an article I wrote. Um, specifically, we're talking about it's approved under interim order, but the mm. study designs for COVID don't measure for reduction in cases or severe illness that mm. lead to hospitalizations and ICU visits. <clears throat> yeah. The studies don't follow vaccines ability to prevent infection to others for proper yeah. studies need to be done or to be done. There would need to be at least 300,000 participants. So I'll, I'll go, I'll circle back to that, but they assume if they can reduce the symptoms, it will reduce severe cases from the virus and therefore your viral load and therefore reduce cases. So it's basically a lot of uh, assumption, but to circle yep. back to that uh, 300,000 participants, the 300,000 participants, I looked at the AstraZeneca vaccine the other day, there's a UK approval sheet. Um, and it goes through like, here's what Canada used as the, the trial data that we're going to use it. And we got approved. And they did five trials and they used the data from, I think, two or three. And basically it was less than 30,000 people before they said, hey, OK. Yeah. And then they started rolling out. So they're testing on people. But the yeah. issue in uh, we've talked about this is Children. what are the one year? What are the, it could be fantastic today. If the worst, you know, I looked at a lot of the adverse effects and, uh, you know, there's obviously some concerns, but most of it's. A lot of headaches and stuff like that, but we yeah. don't know. Even if you, you know, what, what's one year look like? What's three years look like? Yep. What's five years yep. look like? And, and we're supposed and to with, take the word of the people who designed yep. the studies, will benefit from the studies, yeah. and who have they're no being, supervision other than, hey, yeah. tell us what's going on. And they're being paid to do that as well. And I, I didn't. It wasn't like I took a mefloquine pill and then I was a disaster the next day. 
or the next week or the next month. It was like over the months and years, I just slowly was like, I don't, I'm not right. Something's wrong with me. And it just kind of slowly happened. And that's, you know, um, it does like, Oh, I got my vaccine last week and I'm fine. I'm like, to now you're fine. Are you going to be fine in a year, 10 years? Do you have any idea? No one knows what it even does. How can you possibly say with any confidence that, that, that there's not going to be problems. You guys could all go blind in five years for all, you know, and this is, again, coming from a government and, a, and an institution that's already proven that it doesn't care at all about it's willing to do that to you. Guys talking about the, the CIR, the Canadian Airborne Regiment, same thing. They were issued mefloquine. And that uh, Dave Bona was one of these guys. He was in the Airborne Regiment back then, and they were giving it to them. And it was called, uh, you know, Psycho Sunday or Wacky Wednesday. You know, whenever you take the pill, you have these insane, crazy nightmares and a little bit of disassociation uh, problem the next day when you wake up. And it's a weekly pill. You take it once a week. They had, they, we had two choices. One you could take every day which was not dangerous, apparently, and the one you can take once a week. And obviously, infantry guys want to carry as less as possible because your bag is 110 pounds as it is, and it's less things to remember. Once a week is better than every day. So uh, that's what we did. And it was, one. well, that that's the day of the week that you're, you know, crazy. And, you know, we didn't really think much of it. I actually, I only took it for a few months. I, don't, I think it was like the last month or two of the, of the tour. I just stopped because I was like, I don't. I could, I noticed that, like, I'm starting to feel something's wrong. And I, and I didn't even see a mosquito. I didn't see a single mosquito. I guess protecting me from malaria. Don't you need mosquitoes to even get malaria? Like, where are they? I don't know where they are. So I just I didn't bother. So never mind. These guys are doing like more and more rotations. And, and some people were fine. Some guys have no problems at all. Others are, you know, wrecked from it. And uh, but that's drugs. You know what I mean? That's that, that's with anything. You know, people reacted drugs all kinds of ways. I know people that can't smoke weed because they go crazy. <laughs> you know, other people fine. Some people just can't drink alcohol. They just should not ever do it. Other people can handle it fine. You know, just uh, putting chemicals into your brain is um, something you should take very seriously. And, you know, uh, I mean, I was on like 12 or 13 prescriptions at one point. That's what that's. And now I I have a cannabis prescription. That's it. But when I was still in, they're like, oh, well, you need uh, these pills. And then these pills have these side effects. So here's some pills for those side effects. But these side effects from those pills will cause these side. So now you need these pills. And the next thing you know, you know, I'm getting up in the morning, take these pills and those pills and these. And I'm like, what am I, a 90-year-old cancer patient? I was like 27 years old. And I was, you know, this is crazy. And I, I quickly started to understand this is money is what this is about. This is this is crazy. There's no 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 way this should be necessary. But, you know, again, what do they really care about? Uh, they demonstrate over and over and over again. The government is way does not really care about you. Um, they pretend like they do because they need you to believe that. If it was openly like, ah, you know, join the army. We don't care if you live or die. It doesn't matter to us. Then no one would join. <laughs> they have to they have to pretend like it's a, oh, no, we'll look after you. Once you get out, the only people that care about you and call you and to see if you're okay are the guys that you that are leaning left and right of you in your in your formations on parade, or that was you know to your front or your rear and your you know patrol base and you know in your attack position. That's it. And then when they're gone, they're gone. That's another thing that really um, is upsetting. We had another guy. You know, there's suicides every every month, almost it seems like, and it's just like that's one more guy that's gone. Who's they're the only guys that understand. You know, it's like being in that plane crash. Imagine you're in a plane crash with, you know, 300 people and, you know, 200 survived for whatever reason. And every year, one of them, more of them's gone. Eventually, it's like we look around like, is, am I going to be the last one? Is it just going to be me someday? And I'm the only guy that knows, you know, it's, it's upset. I'm trying not to get upset now, you know, but um, and, and there's no help. There's there's no stories. There's no media cover. There's just, uh, you know, more of the same. And then, and then they're going to say, we're, oh, well, the military is very racist, very full of white supremacy. And it's just a very deep. Uh, in your soul feeling of like, how dare you? Like the betrayal, like the things we had to do and the things that we've had to put up with and suffer and and the pain and the misery I've had to witness. You don't, you don't really recover 
forever. I mean, you don't really unsee, you know, two young girls crying, daddy, daddy, no, over their casket because he shot himself, you know, and, and they had to be pulled away out of the, you know, and it's just like, why? And this same government is like, oh, now do this and now do that. They take no risk. They, they have nothing. There's no skin in the game at all for them. They just wear their suits. They're all millionaires. And uh, you know, I read a quote the other day it was from some uh, lieutenant colonel in the Vietnam War. He said, the most gung-ho people for wars are presidents and generals. And at the end of the war, the guys that are all still alive are the same presidents and generals. They don't risk anything. So, you know, um, I, don't, uh, I, I don't trust them, to say the least. And my concern is uh, with the guys in the units on, on the ground. You know, the officers even and the NCOs, these guys like you're the ones that are going to pay the price for this if there's if there's a mistake, not them. So you need to look after yourselves and make these decisions and, and have ask yourselves these hard questions because they are not going to do them for you. They don't care about you and they're never going to. They never have. They never will. Well, yeah, sorry, I ranted I, a lot. There was a lot. No, no, I don't. Yeah, there was, but I don't disagree. It, it's. I, I've heard this before from from Chris. Chris talking about yeah. the same type of feeling of just not feeling like there's you serve and then that's it. Yeah. And you guys have given everything. And I think, you know, I try to always relate things back to something somebody can understand. But as somebody like I've taken a couple of smoker fights in Muay Thai and getting <laughs> hit and, you know, yeah. you like the camaraderie you share between two people, you, you yeah. duked it out. You remember that. Now imagine yeah. you did that month after month after month, yeah. but in real situations where it was yeah. life-threatening potentially. Yeah. And then, yeah, like you said, are... it's like being in a plane crash. Yeah. I, I don't so know there, what to quantify them. It's like your family. And it really, like even people I don't really know, like there's guys, uh, you know, the last one, the last suicide I referred to was, uh, I didn't even know the guy. Um, he was from a different unit, but he was in the same place as me. If I had, a, if I had met up with him tomorrow, uh, somewhere and and you know said oh you were you uh your rcr yeah me too we would instantly have been friends i could t i could talk to him and say i have these problems and he could do the and i would immediately know what he's talking about and i would have his back because it's like he's he's one of he's he's one of me and i'm you know we're the same we're a tribe we're a we're a brotherhood you know you can't this isn't this wasn't uh this wasn't a hockey team you know what I mean? Like those guys can be pretty tight. It's like, this was war, dude. People were blowing to bits and guys were putting their roommates home in garbage bags. You know, the guys that got blown up on Easter, there was uh, six bodies and nine stretchers because they didn't know who was who. They just put pieces of whatever on whatever. Like, I don't know whose arm is this? No idea. Whose guts are those? I don't know. Like, how do you, and, and if there's only so many other people in that group that understand that, and like, that's your support. Group. Like if you're um like a rape victim or a rape survivor, right? You can go to support groups and in, in these kinds of things imagine if like the, the rates ended and then every year there's less survivors and then eventually it's just you know maybe it's just you like how many of us are going to be left when i'm 60 are any of us going to be left by then half of these guys are gone i can't even count there's been more people now died suicide died by suicide than were killed in action so and it's never going to it's going to continue and i almost i almost i'm waiting for the day the government acts like we did it we, we've lowered suicides down to nearly zero haven't we done a great job? And I'll be like, I'll be right there to go. Yeah, you can only kill yourself once. So once they're all dead, obviously the suicides will be zero. But way the way the media and the government likes to spin things, that is what they'll do. I guarantee. I'm just waiting for it. Oh, look how much better the mental health admissions have gone way down. Like, yeah, because they're dead. <laughs> they're not checking into hospitals because they're in the ground, uh, obviously. But I don't count on Jagmeet Singh or Aaron O'Toole or Justin Trudeau or anybody in that building to even bother approaching that subject because there's no win there for them politically. So they're just going to ignore it. I'm sorry that you feel like the media is abandoned 
vets. I, not all of them. I'm, I mean, <laughs> but you know, the legacy media, like CBC, I mean, they get paid by the government. So who do you think they, you know, um, they handed out so, so much money as it's chat there. Somebody, the, the sheer on fire clip, uh, Andrew sheer. Yeah. So I, the stream I do, it said, it's like, it's like infotainment, I guess, you know, I kind of just rant and rave about stuff. I used to do this at work and a lot of the guys would say, dude, you should do this on a TV show or something. It was mostly about internet, you know, <laughs> army issues, you know, about the, the CO is crazy or the sergeant major is like, is he insane? We had one guy who we thought we might have been senile at one point, and <laughs> just the stuff you'd get into. And yeah, that was I ran I something about Andrew Shearer, and uh, I just thought it would be funny. Imagine if he was actually like really unhinged. Under, he's, yeah, he's a yeah. very nice guy. You know, he seems very you know reasonable. And it just it's comical <laughs> juxtaposition that imagine if he's like smiling, you know, the Andrew Shearer smile, but he's like, but secretly he's gonna go crazy, you know, and he just. Comes into Parliament with an M60 smiling. <laughs> he's got a really a- cow. <laughs> yeah, he's got a fifty. Andrew's ready to change some things, and he, just- <laughs> you know, but you what's funny about it. that video? That's my brother. He's actually the co- one of the co-owners here, Bridge okay. Media. And uh, we listened to that uh, that clip yeah. of Andrew Shear up on the way to Ottawa to cover the protest there, like. Five or ten yeah. times at least. I hope, Couldn't I hope stop he laughing. saw it somehow. I hope somebody got it to him someday. And it's like somebody, I just. I, I, they, yeah. I don't. I don't know. It was the dichotomy of picturing Andrew Shear yes. actually unhinged as yeah. you went through it, and just yeah, it's and then you you pulled out the the little like sword like machete, and that's when I lost it because it was like, <laughs> mm, and then you did the smile. Yeah, <laughs> it's like Andrew's pissed. You know, <laughs> I've had about enough of this. That's all, yeah. I, and then I lost. <laughs> Andrew wants a recount. You know. Be hilarious, you know. And uh, I don't think he's a bad guy, really. I mean, politicians—it's a hard gig. You gotta, you gotta fucking try to massage different groups of people. To, it's really hard. Trust me, you know. I mean, we have a little tiny community here, you know, with, with our guys and our, our followers, and just to keep everybody on the same page is difficult. With this, okay. I can't imagine doing it at that kind of level. But um, I didn't think he had bad advice, or but you know that. But you know, now it's even worse. You know, if he couldn't win, Sheer couldn't win with that platform and, and the things he was saying. I don't know what the hell hope and hell they think O'Toole's gonna. Let's just double down on being way worse. It's like, are you losing on purpose? That's what it looks like to me. Or me, you're either just you know, way out to lunch, or you're trying to lose on purpose. You know, I think they really like the watered down version we presented last time. Let's double the water. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's gonna sell. Yeah. Promise you. Hmm, okay. Yeah. To be the liberals, let's be liberals. Yeah. <laughs> I, I want to circle back to the one com, uh, back to the Vax comment here. But the mm. one thing that didn't make sense to me, even on the shutdown, because I was in the reserves at the time, I'm, I'm okay. pardoned now. Okay, but I hadn't <laughs> gone to boot camp, and basically they shut everything down, and then they said go, go home and don't do anything, and we're going to do online courses. And I just went, I signed up to put like to potentially yeah. have to fight. Like even as a reservist, in my mind, I'm like I, I was planning on doing a duty. Yeah. Why is it that I'm the least this the data had already come out to an extent? It's like it's hitting the elderly. It seems to be it's like why I'm not at risk. People in the military yeah. are under age of 40 for the most exactly. part. Why are exactly. we shutting things down and the training down? That's the part that never yep. made sense to me. Yeah. And then I, furthermore, uh, you found that logic. When why when why vax them when they're statistically least at risk because yeah. they're a healthy unit of people. Yeah, it doesn't make any any sense tactically or strategically. Like the risk of having uh, more guys go down from side effects is exponentially higher than the, the virus itself. Like, has anybody under the age of, I mean, and these are young guys mostly. I mean, a lot of most privates are 17, 18 years old, and your NCOs. I mean, if I was still in there now, I'd probably be a warrant officer. I'm only 35. You know, most you're basically out by the time 50 at the long end, 50, 55, which is still well under the uh, 
I think it's like a 99 plus percent survival rate under 65. So, uh, you know, I don't really see what's going on here. This doesn't make a lot of sense. And, and they're going to risk this. Um, I, I, I mean, I don't, I try not to be, you know, sometimes I do, cause it's fun. It's fun to, that's why people find conspiracy theory kind of stuff. It's, it's interesting to ponder and, and think about these things, but you know, you got to wonder what the motivation is here. And is it because, well, if we get the military on board and they've all get punched with this stuff and then, uh, well, now we can use them to, you know, intimidate more people into the police. I assume the RCMP and, and their, uh, police services across the country are under the same, you know, you better do it or you're, you know, there's going to be consequences. And then, uh, they'll go, well, I mean, I had to, so you're going to have to now, so th- are they intending to use these people in the future? Is this going to be a regular thing? Because they can force people in the military. To, I mean, not technically, yeah. but they can get away with it there. Then when you couldn't get away with this at, say, yeah, I don't know, Staples or something can just or force all their employees to to take a vaccine. But the military, you can. And that's a lot of that's a lot of cash for somebody to have to get these. And, and it's is it every year? Is it twice a year? Is it forever? And every new soldier coming in forever? Like, this is a whole, uh, you know, I made the analogy before as yeah. a joke that, like, um, you know, imagine if McDonald's had lobbied successfully that it's the law that you have to buy a 12 pack of McNuggets and eat it every Friday and the police are going to come by and check you and see your receipts. Did you eat your McDonald's? Like, did you get it? Oh, I got it. Like, it's craziness. Like, they've basically created a self-perpetuating, you know, money machine where you have to buy their products. You have to buy these vaccines every year over and over. And it's not free, which is hilarious. I see them like, well, it's so free. Mm-hmm. We've paid our tax money paid for this. And they, mine and yours and everyone else's, my father's, my mother's, my sister's, everybody. We don't want it. Bail like, right. we have our money back. And how many did they buy? 50 million, 60, 80 million doses of this? You know? Like, I don't, uh, not, not a, you know, what? it's not free. Oh, you know, none of this is free. That's what taxes are for. They need to teach this stuff in school. I don't know why they don't. Oh, I know why they don't, but. <laughs> well, they're talking one one shot and then a booster, and they're talking it yeah. might need to be annually. And then if you yeah. add in an influenza shot, it's like, well, that's yeah. three needles a year. That was like, yeah, another one we had to get. So we had to get the influenza shot as well when I was in. That was just you had to. There was no choice. It was like and they make appointments for you. You had to show up and they'd take your name off the list. And if you bailed and didn't get one, it would eventually find its way to your admin clerk, and they go, "You're dead yellow because you didn't get your thing. So you're not deploying anywhere unless you get it." And uh, the flu shot was one thing, but I mean, this is. Uh, you know, and and the media likes to you know cross create this false dichotomy or this false kind of thing where if you have questions about this va- like this vaccine, this one, this I have a lot of I'm not I I don't like this I I'm not comfortable with this. Oh, I, so you're some kind of anti-vaxxer? I bet you think the Earth is flat like that. No, no one said anything like that. My children are vaccinated against polio and you know all these other things, right? And but when you just fire this out, I just naturally am I'm suspicious anyway. Maybe that's part of the PTSD, or maybe that's I don't know. But um, when 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 this happened, yeah, yeah, you should ask questions, right? Uh, when this happened, it was you know I I looked in, it was like how long does it take to even make a vaccine? Ten years, fifteen years, you know? So I was like, ooh, this isn't good. And and miraculously, you know, only six eight months later, we oh look, we got a vaccine. Not just one either. Five companies all just pulled off the same miracle at the same time: AstraZeneca, Pfizer, Johnson and Johnson. Bang, 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 bang. All these. Like, is no one going to uh, state the obvious here? Like, this is fishy at the minimum, isn't it? And and it makes it worse when, when the media goes, <sighs> like, invasion of the body snatchers. They point at you like you're some kind of, you know, heretic or something for just stating the obvious. Like, no, it, you're supposed to take 10 years, but we've got five. And, and, and since when do these massive, you know, pharmaceutical companies who uh, they love sharing, you know, profits, this has got to be a trillion dollar product, isn't it? I mean, everybody in the world is going to need one, right? And they're just sharing it, you know. Moderna's like, oh, Pfizer, you can have our formula, and Moderna, you can all, you can all have it to a to a 
a mystery virus, but we still don't even know where it came from. Is it bats? Is it a lab in China? Nobody knows, but we've got a vaccine, which isn't really a vaccine. It's actually DNA modification. It's going to change how your DNA produces proteins to your immune. It's going to screw with your immune system, which has never been done before. I think it's, I don't know if it's AstraZeneca or Pfizer or Moderna, maybe, who has never made any vaccines. This is the first one they've ever even made. And no one, again, it's, it's, I'm the unhealthy, crazy person to go, I'm just, I'm not comfortable with this. And they, and they make, and they'll, and they're paying people, you know, social media influencers, uh, Facebook and, and this kind of thing to make sure that gets suppressed and say, no, it's very safe. This all just reinforces my suspicions. This is making me more uncomfortable, not less. Uh, this isn't the opposite of transparency. This is the opposite of honesty. And uh, it doesn't help when you find out, you know, like Davila's husband there in Toronto is always oh, getting paid tons of money for consulting fees to pharmaceutical companies. And like, okay, something's, you know, this is getting, uh, this is getting a little out of hand and, and it's not, uh, my dad talks about the dad's, my dad's a smart guy too. And he, you know, uh, not, didn't go to astronaut school, you know, but he, he's not an idiot either. And he's, you know, I said, um, uh, I have a question. Uh, I forgot what I was going to say now, but yeah, he, um, about uh so the vaccine yeah crap i lost my train of thought there but something about um uh yeah i can't remember what was i just talking about <laughs> see the the mefloquin man my memory it does this you trip over yourself my thoughts are all good all good let's circle back here pfizer's been fined a ton of money for violations as well um the history of mrna is what was going through my head as you're talking about it. You're talking about that. So the media's tried to do a bait and switch where they go, listen, it's been in, they've been experimenting for a long time and therefore it's not really a new technology and therefore you should trust it. And it's just on an, it's used to, it's made the same way all other vaccines. They've tried all these different things. But at the end of the day, my understanding, the history of MRNA is every time it got to phase three trials, they got shut down and there was reasons. And I don't know what the reasons are, but I've never (laughs) seen, mRNA passed phase three trial and there's over a decade of different things they were trying. So rabies and then there's a few others, but well, that's all dismissed. Now it's an interim order and now you need to get it. And now, like you said, you're in the military, you're put in that position where it's your career or it's an interim approved drug. And the issue Mm -hmm. is it injects itself into your cells and we don't know what the one, three, five year effects are. And I I can tell you some stuff off this stream because I can't actually, yeah, it's one of those hearsay things. Like I can get me in trouble too. as an official media source. <laughs> yeah, me too, probably. But I'm hearing stories about um, people that have been injected with this and and uh, yep. symptoms coming up. And because that's what goes through my head. So it's in the cells. What are the mm-hmm. one, three, five year effects? And then yep. nobody's talking uh, to people that have received these long term. Um, yep. Who's checking in on people that have received the shots every day? And then furthermore, there's a very big political pressure not to report symptoms, to dismiss okay. symptoms. And then the people that are supposed to be reporting the symptoms are the same companies that would seek to benefit if they didn't report the okay. symptoms. Not saying and, they're not reporting the symptoms, but that they yeah. would benefit from that. And any anyone that comes out with, uh, like I, every time, I always find, you know, new stuff. I try to collate stuff as best I can and find things that I, I think are relevant to, you know, yell about and kind of a quasi, somebody compared, he said, you're like a cross between the Hodge twins and Alex Jones. I'm like, oh, I'll take that. Comp- I'll take that compliment. That's fine. Um, <laughs> you know, like, so there's people that die, like young, healthy people. And uh, a lot of them, you know, more than a couple. And they say, oh, well, there's no indication it was the vaccine. But yet the same, the same people will take suicides and say it was COVID. Uh, I know a person uh, personally who's, who's significant other, uh, her, her spouse, he shot himself in the head, suicide. And they marked him as a COVID related death. Ontario admitted that's what, yeah, suicides are being counted as, as COVID related deaths. 
And they're using this to push the excuse that we need the vaccine because look at all the cases and look at all the deaths. Well, you're being disingenuous with basically everything. And um, you're there's there's clearly a you clearly have an agenda here. You want a certain thing and you're just willing to lie by omission or, um, you know, so. So is it any wonder why people are uh, are suspicious? Oh, this is what it was. My dad was saying, too. I remember now. There we go. Good job, Rain. We're, we're back in business. <laughs> um, it's not like the media is pretending like. There's a fringe. I mean, there's a couple people that are suspicious of this, but mostly everybody wants the vaccine. Everybody needs the vaccine. And there's just not enough. You're going to have to hurry, get it as fast as you can. Uh, from by my estimation, it's nearly half the population of the country is dead set against hell. No, I don't I don't want anything to do with this. That's not a tiny amount of people. Even if it was five or 10 percent of the population, that's a substantial. That's millions of people that, that don't want it. Not 50, 40 or 50 percent. Um, this this should be something that should be. Uh, uh, openly debated on live television in the House of Commons, not not unilaterally decided. This is how it's going to be, and the other half of the country can go to hell. They're going to do what we want. That's crazy. That's authoritarianism uh, by definition. Even if it was five or ten percent of the population, how how does this apply to people with uh, you know religious beliefs? Is is this going to fly with the Muslim community? Mm -hmm. Is this going to fly with you know a lot of the Christians as as well? And I'm you know I'll count myself with those people that no, I I don't uh, <laughs> almost on religious grounds. I don't I don't like how this is going and. That doesn't matter. You're, there's no uh, exact, and they're, they're throwing pastors in, in in jail and releasing people from jail. They're releasing violent criminals out of jail because COVID. But they're going to throw that guy, Pastor Coates, and in, into jail because COVID. There's just everything is hypocritical and nonsensical from province to province. The restrictions are different. The rules are different. The timelines are different. You've got Texas has just opened up a month ago. No restrictions. Florida's been open for seven months. Shouldn't they all be 18 dead? States now. Eighteen. Why? Why is no one? You know. Why am I the only, not the only one, right? But like when I read the news, why is no one talking about this? Why is this not all, they're all on one team, right? And that's, that's not good. <laughs> this isn't, I'm not a fringe crazy person. There's a lot of people, but they gaslight you and pretend and make you feel that way. Like, oh, I bet you're, you're one of these people. And their supporters, the people that are supporting this are, are scary. Uh, they, um, you know, that we, they're, what happened to my body, my choice, you know, that whole, the whole tolerance thing. And now it's basically, you see them in the comment section and Twitter and newspapers, like we're going to, we'll just force them. We'll put them in camps. If we have to, we'll just, these people are dangerous and, and it will get to that point. They'll say that these unvaccinated people are, you know, they're plague spreaders and they're super spreaders and this kind of thing. And now we're going to have a two tiered society. We're going to have the vaccinated people and the non-vaccinated people. Now I, I, I uploaded a video earlier today to, you know, Instagram and, and where else, that um, I can't think of an example because I'm pretty sure it doesn't exist of a society where there was a two tiered, you know, a class system that existed peacefully. Like, can you I, I don't see how that's going to end, you know, in, in roses and kisses and hugs. And I don't want my children growing up in a place that's just unsafe because you're either part of the superior upper class. And, you know, obviously we're not going to be the ones that get you know, benefits. It's like, yeah, you can't go to this grocery store because you need a covid passport and you can't go to that sporting. You can't travel. You can't go here. You can't go there. And there's just a natural. I mean, humans are tribal like that, and they're going to look down on these people. And you know, uh, you can look to yep. it, it, this is what happens. Look at look at what the you know the, what happened to the, the Jewish community in, in the in in Germany under the Third Reich, and you know in the Soviet Union. And these like when, when there's a population, a segment of any population, no matter what the reason is, these are targeted as like there's something wrong with these people. And the media mm -hmm. supports it, the government supports it, celebrities, the music industry, Hollywood, Netflix. Yeah, they're. Mm, just that attitude of there's something wrong with them that doesn't end well ever you know and this this and and no one is standing up against this it's, well i mean you've got randy hillier Derek sloan you know the, these handful of guys that are you know the no more lockdowns.ca i think is is the website and 
Yep. These people just ignore that. They're like, you're just this. They're very angry. They're full of vitriolic. Uh, it's fear is what it is. Um, they, they're just afraid and terrified, and, and they will attack anyone that tries to um, reason with them or talk to them about this stuff. You can't really – anybody that's pro, you know, pro-government, you know, pro pro-lockdown, pro-mask, pro-vaccine, you can't even almost approach them with like a reasonable – listen, here's my explanation. I don't care. They're calling the cops. You know, Kevin Johnson, I mean, whatever you think about that guy, arrested for buying soap the other day. Wouldn't wear a mask, and they, you know, you know, I was in jail. Uh, that's crazy. You know, if you're, if you're wearing your mask, you're protected, aren't you? If you got a vaccine, you're protected. What are you worried about? If I want to take those risks, that's on me. That's my life. I, I, I do what I want. If I want to drive fast on my motorcycle, that's my decision. You know, if I, I can, you know, do these things because we're supposed to live in a free society and, and all these guys in the, in the past and the wars and whatever, they they fought to preserve that. And what we viewed as fighting against a society that was not pro-freedom was very authoritarian. And it's like dude, our way or the highway, you know, do what the government wants. And I'm, very much against that and now you're watching it creep in to every aspect of our lives to not now to the point they're dictating you know when you can have sex with your own wife or you got to use a glory hall and, and this kind of stuff like the invasion of uh overreach by the government is just absolutely insane and they think that they have the moral high ground for some reason because the government and and the media keeps reinforcing that they're right and all these other people are crazy you're not right you're insane and when this blows back the other way uh i mean i i I really hope I'm wrong. I really don't want to see this go the way it does because, again, I have young children. I don't want to see, like, uh, civil unrest and, you know, the kind of craziness that's happening in the States. Why wouldn't it spread here? There's riots all over Europe, and, you know, we're going to have two societies. We're going to have, you know, the good, you know, the vaccinated, the fair, and then the and then the dirty, you know, ugh, plague spreaders and, and whatnot, and those are going to be my kids. And how are they going to be treated in their schools? Are they going to be able to go to their schools? Like, what, you know, where are they going to be able to, allowed to live? Um this isn't acceptable to me as a, as a veteran, as a man at all, you know, let, let alone that. And I was down at the cenotaph and I'm like, look at all these guys that died. I think they would have had second thoughts about getting on these boats if they knew this is how it was going to turn out. Well, I, you know, given the right environment, you know, you talk about people will flip values and they just don't understand the flipping value. I don't think it has anything to do with values. I think there's a certain segment of the population that given the right environment, talking Milgram experiment, uh, Stanford prison experiment, those type of situations. And we're talking COVID now, you'll get a group of petty tyrants that they love lording their power that they're given because of the environment over people. And that's what this has allowed is now COVID is a beaten stick for anyone who wants to feel virtuous. Not only do I get to be an asshole, not part of my life, I don't normally say, but not only do I I get to be that person (laughs) and, yeah. And, uh, you know, treat you like garbage, but I get to feel good while doing it because yeah. you're the piece of garbage and you're right. Yep. It's a two tier yep. society. Yep. And, and we're, how, I just watch the psychology of what's happening yeah. and nobody's yeah. aware of it. Nobody and talks about it. People keep making the, uh, the comparisons to the third Reich and Germany. It's the same thing. They thought they were doing the right thing. So they had no problem, you know, ratting people out. We're doing it now. There's snitch lines, you know, with rewards, to, you know, ra- for rat, you're right, exactly. Ich für Freiheit or something it says, right? Um, there's, uh, you know, there's snitch lines in Canada. You never thought you'd see the day. If my grandfather was alive now, he'd be uh, absolutely beside himself with fury. Um, you know, so, yeah, you're absolutely right. And it's, um, again, it's reinforced by the media and the TV. So it's like, don't worry, you're doing the right thing. And they'll do it. You know, they have no problem with it. And these same people will say, I can't believe. And we're here to bash the fashion. We're against the Nazis. And it's like, you're you're not being Nazis in, in the sense that you're after the Jewish community, but you're being an authoritarian bootlicker and you're just uh, letting other people, innocent people have their rights trampled on and their human dignity trampled on because you want to feel special. Like you're, you're part of some kind of, you know, you're winning against bad people. And it's just so childish and insane. 
Um, and that's what the that's what the crux of this issue is, and they don't understand it. And the media is not even trying to help people understand it. They're not even trying to tell our side of it. They will deliberately seek out the craziest people of the groups. Uh, you have these freedom rallies like the one in, in Saskatoon with fifteen hundred <laughs> people, right? Yeah, there's. I mean, there. I mean, again, well, I can tell let me you. Give too, me a personal story here, right? So you, you get crazy people in anything, but they zero in on those ones to because it makes everyone else look bad. Kitchener protests. I watched that exact thing happen. I can't remember a yeah. CTV or CBC. I think a CTV, City TV. And I'm watching the guy with the camera. So he's got it up like this when he's not watch, uh, recording. And then yeah. he was like, oh, he's saying something that makes him sound stupid. Drops yeah. the camera. That yeah. sounds intelligent. Camera comes up. Yeah. Oh, and then it was just this game yeah. going on. And I'm saying this out loud. Like I'm literally calling him out on his stuff. I'm standing six feet away yeah, from yeah. him just in the crowd. And I, yeah here's this going on and this is the type of stuff they do they don't care for a full picture they don't want to have nope. a, a debate on the full conversation nope. i put out the debate offer to cbc yeah. ctv global news months yep. ago i said listen yeah. i should be a yahoo to you guys should yeah. be easy you should want to yeah, slam right. dunk on a small guy like me so let's mm. do it let's talk the pcr test let's talk fossey let's talk yeah. and i went through a bunch of what i would have talked about with them and then they never contacted yep. me back you know, I, again, back to the uh, who is it they're making fun of? Was that was that Trump's old secretary? Was that Biden's? Let's just circle back. Let's circle back to that. The uh, the, the the Cotter <laughs> thing, right? Not a not a single media organization in this country wanted to talk to me. And I'm not that like I'm a big deal. But I mean, if I wasn't me and I was some, like if it was one of my buddies, if it was Whitey or somebody else that did that. And I'm like seven million views. Holy shit. And nobody yeah. even called you. Nobody even asked you for a anything and, uh, you, you've got places like uh, rebel news use the clip cut out the part where i said my own name in the first three seconds they i will cut that out so we can't uh and we'll use part of the clip and they didn't ask me they didn't you know ask for any like that's that's bizarre and uh they, they don't want anything to do with anybody that could make a make any kind of poke any holes in anything it's, it seems like and you know i'll be like i'll, I'll talk to you i'll talk to the media on a, a live I'll do it live. I'm not, yeah. I'm not giving you a, a you know, and they don't want anything. <laughs> I was like, we'll sit and let's do it live. How about that? Oh, no, no, no. Gonna... I want to videotape <laughs> you. I want to chop it up. It reminds me, it's hilarious. The Simpsons used to be one of my favorite shows as a kid because it was very, it was written very smartly when uh, Conan O'Brien and those guys were, were the writers. And you remember the episode where Homer was accused of uh, rape or sexual assault? Yeah, because uh, the girl, the babysitter, he dropped her off, and she had a gummy bear stuck to her butt. And he picked it off and was like, "Oh, thank you." And she, he thought she was, you know, trying to grab it. Yeah, yeah. And they went to the interview. <laughs> yeah, and they just chopped it up to make him look insane. And you could see the clock yeah. was behind him, and the arm on the clock kept moving around like the different times because they kept like, "Oh, I was yeah. thinking about was her sweet, sweet can." You know, it was just <laughs> it was like a hyperbolic example of the media, but that is what they do. And they're just there for the clicks and they know what's going to piss people off and they know what's going to bring in the clicks and the ad money. And that's all they care about. And it's like, do you, you don't care about telling the truth or helping anybody. You're just, you're scum. So I have no respect for, for people like that. These people again, Saskatoon, some of them came there and they came to take pictures and look, you know, make everybody look crazy. And, uh, I just showed, I was like, just get the, just get the hell out of here. Like we, you know, like, what, what did I do? It's like, well, you know, you know, what did, what did that 19 year old radio operator do? Who was, you know, just happened to be the guy who ran the train schedule at Auschwitz. I don't know why this keeps coming back. to the church, but You know what I mean? Like, you knew, you, I mean, really, you don't have any, you had nothing to do with anything. You're like, oh, I'm just, uh, you know, damn well, you know, you work for an organization that's dishonest, extremely, extremely dishonest. And, uh, you, the fact you can't even admit that is even worse. So, okay, let's talk about media bias. There's that's one, but there's also algorithm bias. I I'm dealing yeah. with this right now. Canada yeah. Land and Brian Lilly, the fact that he's dating, uh, allegedly, according to Canada Land, he's dating somebody in the Premier's office, Premier Ford's office. 
That's okay. trending, and it has like half as many shares and likes as my article on the Supreme Court judge potential yeah. conflict. Did you see that one yet? No. Ask uh, you about oh, that. wait. Yes, the climate one. The climate, yes. uh, the Supreme Court one up. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I've, I've been pretty <laughs> outspoken about def- I try to stick to things I know a little bit about and, you know, let, rant less about things I'm just making up and pulling out of my ass. But like the firearms, uh, you know, fiasco and the controversy there, you know, uh, you know, with the CCFR and, and all these people that, well, we're going to we're going to sue them in court. That's nice. Justin Trudeau appointed the judge to preside uh, over this. Do you, do you really feel like this is a this is the way to go? Like this isn't it. This government doesn't play fair. They're not honest. They're paying off, you know, the media to make them look good. And uh, I, I don't want it to be that way. Trust me. I wish you, I wish we could just sign petitions and, and have rallies and, and they would take notice. They're acting as though the government is honest and that they care about what you think. And they're going to notice, oh, wow, there's thousands of people that are upset about this. Oh, maybe we made a mistake. Let, let's look at this again. They don't give a damn what you think at all. Uh, it's like trying to go into a casino, which is rigged against you and go, I'm going to, I'm going to win this time. Trust me. I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to just keep rolling this dice until I win. You're never going to win. It's set up that way on purpose. And uh, they just, you know, people don't want to, I don't know, see it that way, I guess. But well, it, it's one of those things when I wrote it, I, it's one, of, I just don't understand. Like the algorithms give me no help and it, it takes yeah. off and then it's still like, you don't want to share it. So just going to read yeah. one quick paragraph. He sure. uh, gave details of the event. He was a speaker at this event. Um, and ten month, about 10 months before he makes the decision on the carbon tax. Now, the event's called, um, it's in a memorial lecture titled Human Rights, the Sustainable Development Goals and the Law. Yeah. And on the website, uh, they say they have a range, they collaborate with a range of international partner organizations, including the United Nations Environment Program, United Nations Development Program, uh, the World Trade Organization, United Nations Framework Convention on Climate, among others, and it is an accredited observer organization to the United Nations General Assembly Economic and Social Council. The chief justice on that case spoke and opened up as a speaker at this event 10 months before he made the case. And that's what it says on their website about under their about section about what they're about. Yeah. And you say that and they'll say, I bet you think the earth's flat too. You know, it's like a you're just just dismissive of everything. And yeah, the algorithm, the censorship, I saw somebody there in in the chat about the censorship. I've been banned from everything and, and never for, you know, I'm not, I've never been out like, you know, we got to start killing people. You know, like I don't say I'm not an idiot. I'm not going to say these kinds of things. Yeah. There it is there. I've been banned from uh, Twitter, D live, YouTube, Facebook, uh, Twitch, uh, Odyssey even has pulled. It's, it's ridiculous. Um, and they basically, they can choose, they can just tweak the algorithm to either push a certain thing or, or take it away. And, uh, you know, it's really difficult to get out from around that. We're basically, it's just relegated to point, um, word of mouth. A lot of the guys that find me and, and find what we're doing is because their friends brought them in. It's basically to the point where we got to go out and hand out flyers or something, or, you know, uh, I don't know this kind of stuff or, or buy, um, you know, buy fifty, hundred dollar Twitter accounts with you know big followers. You can do that. You can just get them and then just spam yeah, a bunch of things true. for advertising, outside the box thinking. You know, kind of stuff like that. And and it just reinforces it. it they're actually helping to radicalize a lot of people. They're they're so mm-hmm. worried about this radicalization. Oh, these people, these extremists. It's like, well, when you cut out a man's tongue, what other choice does he have? How does he express himself? He throws a Molotov cocktail through your window. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it, and you just ver- you just validate to him and everyone that listens to him or wanted to listen to him that he's probably right. Because why else would you do that unless you're scared of what he had to say? Um, well, even like if you, you don't said, agree with it, all that's happened yeah. is you force them underground. And then the radical yep. ideas, there's no back and forth anymore. Nope. Now there's just and, an echo chamber of more extreme yep. ideas. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I talked about this 
I think last night. Like we can't even. It's to the point now where people feel like they can't be friends at all. If they disagree on anything, we're not friends yeah. anymore. <laughs> it's like I'm like if you if you agree on 52 percent of things and you disagree on 48 percent of things, you should probably be friends or friendly. Like you have more in common than you don't. And and maybe 80 20. Maybe you know your best friend in the world. You might agree on 80 percent of the same things. It's pretty high. You know, but as soon as the one thing comes out, like, uh, you know, ah, oh, no, I don't agree. What? You don't agree with everything? And that's that's by design by the media. It's like someone is, there's something wrong with you. Like, that's abnormal. That's not abnormal. That's how it always used to be. There used to be a, a little, you know, there used to be latitude there for like, ah, you know, we have our differences. It is what it is. It's fine. Um, You know, is any relationship or marriage like that where you must agree with everything I say, woman, or else, you know, it's not, <laughs> it's not healthy or normal. And, um, you know, what they're, did they're, you say? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I swear to the moon, I swear, Alice, you know, or yeah, eat it, I swear, you know, Archie Bunker. To the, one uh, of these days. One, one of these days, eat it. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. And it, it, like, yeah, they are <laughs> radicalizing people. They ban everybody, ban, ban, ban. And then they go after their bank accounts and this kind of thing. And that just makes them dig their heels in harder and, and, and make them believe that they are doing the right thing and they're, and they're in the right. Maybe they're not. And they are just like, oh, gross. I don't want to listen to that. So they ban it. It's like, well, you just made it worse, honestly. And uh, and I, you know, I say this too. If you don't like it, you can take your mouse and usually on the top right of the screen is a little uh, X. Maybe sometimes it's red color. You can click that and it just goes away. <laughs> you know, if it's on TV, you can just turn it off and then you don't have to look at it anymore. It's it's really amazing. How you can just not watch something or listen or read a book you don't like you just put it away you know no we have to burn it and destroy it uh i thought we all understood that that was bad you know when i was a kid like animal farm 1984 we studied this in school <laughs> guys remember like you, you guys were there i remember we we did the same project together and now they're all about you know it's like well it's not no it's not free speech if it's bad like there's no there's free speech and then there's hate speech like yeah define hate you're going to define an emotion you know what I was feeling when I said a certain thing and what's wrong with different emotions. You know, is there love speech? My uh, Derek Harrison, you know, my buddy there, he says, uh, <laughs> I think we should ban sad speech because more people die from sad speech than hate speech. You say sad things, they kill themselves, they get depressed. So you can't say sad things anymore, ban sad speech. Um, you know, and it's a, it's a perfectly legitimate human emotion. I'd be like, oh, if uh, I just keep doing this because it's just probably because the media talks about it so much. Everything's everything's Nazis. If Heinrich Himmler was alive today and he was assassinated, would would they be upset with that? Would they be like, oh, that's awful? Or they celebrate and be like, that's pretty hateful. You know, you guys are you guys hate them quite a bit. You, you know, these these media establishments, these left wing orders. And I'm not saying I like the guy at all. He's a crazy person. He's a chicken farmer that thought he was a reincarnated king. <laughs> he was insane. You know, he had telepathic conversations with his you know general staff in the in the basement of an old castle. But again, uh, you, you, they have no problem hating. It's not that they don't have the emotions of hatred or, or hate certain things that they view to be threatening. You know, normally that's how it works. You hate something because you think it's a threat to you. They just don't want. They just hate you. <laughs> they want to shut you up. So it's you know they they hate their opposition, which happens to be you. They just happen to have all the all the power over who gets to talk now. And uh, when you when you're on the wrong team, they say hate and they ban you. And it has nothing to do with hate. It has everything to do with you're just being on the wrong team. And it's progressed now. I remember when, when they first got Alex Jones on, on YouTube and he said, first, first it's going to be me. It's me today. It's you tomorrow. They're going to get us all. And then now it's like down to me and everybody else. Like there's, I'm like, now I'm banned on YouTube and I had like a 10,000 subscriber channel. I was like, well, who's left? You know what I mean? I'm like who, who are, yeah. Who is there left to ban at this point? And like now mm -hmm. they, they'll chase yeah. you to other platforms and they say, oh, it's a, it's a private company, baby. It's just a private company. Well, it's not just Facebook or YouTube. There's a there's a tech monopoly. They own everything. Google owns everything. You can't go anywhere. And and now you know if you're not online, if you don't have an online presence, if you don't exist, you know you're banned from 
uh, Facebook, Instagram, you know, YouTube, Twitter, all this. It's like, well, how do you interact with your your society, your community, your friends and family? Like, you're gonna have to just go to their house. Oh, well, you can't do that because COVID also. So you can't even, so you just don't exist anymore. And they, they're really underestimating or deliberately ignoring the severity of what they're doing. Again, radicalizing more and more people. And, uh, you know, in my opinion, the, the, the legacy media and, you know, the, the government that is doing nothing to stop this is primarily responsible for the destruction of our entire civilization. It's unraveling. You can watch it happening day by day. It's, uh, you know, cities are burning down and it's, it's crazy in the United States, you know, not Canada, but um, and they're contributing to that. They'll hyper focus on on one issue to rile people up and make them angry and, you know, get the clicks and then completely ignore the rest of it. And uh, they, they have a responsibility to tell the truth. And um, there's an old quote that says, uh, you know, the news used to tell you what happened and then you you had to decide how you felt about it. Now, now the news tells you a story and you have to decide even if it's real or not. You know, is this even yeah. true? I don't I don't know. And that's not good for anyone. Everyone's paranoid. The paranoia level's crazy. That's why you've got people, you know, space is fake. You know, everybody's everybody has there's a theory about everything now because they've lied and lied so much that I can't trust anything you say. And and it's not really their fault. I mean, you you created this monster that now you hate so much of all these paranoid, you know, conspiracy people. It's like, well, then maybe don't lie so much. You know, maybe your wife won't be so suspicious if you'd stop lying and cheating on her. You know what I mean? You've kind of done this to yourself, actually. Um, so yeah, telegram, uh, yeah. Uh, somebody said there uh, t.me slash raging distant is my telegram channel, which I'm not banned so, from yet, but they, I understand they've been on telegram. Yeah. T.me so is like the telegram that. link and then slash, you know, backslash raging dissonant. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I, Abu Dhabi sunk $150 million into that. So I expect that to go woke eventually here soon or <laughs> it's, just, it's, it's crazy how, uh, it's pervasive. It's everywhere. Uh, I need saving for Mr. Potato Head, right? Yeah, that's the problem these days. It's Mr. Potato Head and which bathrooms to use. And and meanwhile, the Chinese are building super weapons. And <laughs> okay, so that brings me to another thing. Military related. What were your thoughts when you heard the story on the Chinese training, winter training with the Canadian Armed Forces? What did, uh, stir, what did the innards do? Yeah, <laughs> uh, it was disbelief at first and then it was like well that figures i mean they work with them everywhere else and i had some of the photos that got leaked out uh it was i don't even know where it was but it was a three or four esr and en the engineers uh their co and their sergeant major were there shaking it the chinese all guys happy and they were just like they look dead inside kind of you could tell they're like eh, they're like they weren't happy about it and i know these guys were probably like are we seriously doing this like but they can't they're not allowed to speak that's another thing i, I try to get this out here because they're literally not allowed to have political opinions at all. It's illegal in the military. At least Which it used to be. Which is why I left. Uh, yeah, <laughs> to do and, this, I had to, right? Yeah. One of the guys, uh, you know, I, I know uh, Sebastian po uh, pointed this out on Facebook the other day. He's like, well, th th you're not allowed to support these groups, but when all this BLM crap was happening, they were fine with that. So I went, we covered one really, of the events. So you are allowed to support political causes, but only the right ones. I see. That's, uh, again, nobody likes a hypocrite, and it's just... Uh, <laughs> They're, they're just they're creating their own monster that's going to destroy themselves and it's like it's so frustrating that they can't can't or won't see what they're doing or refuse to do it um they're just people don't want to admit the they don't want to give any latitude or room for anybody else to think anything other than what's uh, approved and it's toxic do you feel like there's a lot of gaslighting that's happening right now from from the government oh. and the media like i mean the china issue is a, a different thing but all together just on the covid narrative especially yeah. If I have you infighting on the issues that don't really matter, then you're yeah. not discussing the bigger picture that really yeah. does matter. 
I think that's been a tactic for a long time. Um, you know, I've been around. I've been kind of suspicious even since I, I even joined the military after 9-11 knowing like mm, that didn't make a lot of sense. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I'm going to do it anyway. Hey, what? I had questions and I was kind of was in the back of my head like, but, you know, it's like, what are you going to do? It's a one off kind of thing. But it, 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 it turns out it wasn't a one off kind of thing. It turns out that's the norm is that there's lies and and, and nonsense and not uh, this isn't a one off thing. This is actually normal is, is that. Um, yeah, they do. They do prefer it that way. Um, that's why, yeah, Mr. Potato Head and this kind of thing and pay attention to this outrage nonsense and, you know, drag queen story time and, you know, uh, why are there millions and millions of people coming into the country? We're supposed to be under a pandemic. Look at the flight map. I did that on one stream. It was like, oh, lockdown. No one can go anywhere in Toronto because so scary. And I, oh, my God, you'll kill grandma. And then I went about a million a month, right? Pardon? About a million oh, a yeah. month, I think, still coming yeah, in. Flight Track 24 or something like that. It's like you can see the live uh, feed of every aircraft in the basically in the world right now with their tail numbers and everything. It's like, look, you couldn't even see North America. There were so many planes in the air, and people were like, "But yeah, it's nonsense. They're, they're, this is nonsense. This only applies to you. If you're flying, if you're a rich person, nah, nah, nah. hockey teams are still flying around them. You know, uh, they just the the trade, the NHL trade deadline's coming up, so they said, oh, you guys only have to quarantine for seven days, I guess, because that would be bad for business, and we we want to throw a bone to the NHL. So is this about? A virus then? Because if it is, why are there different rules for Adamson's barbecue? I, I had the pleasure of talking to that guy, a little Reese, Adam Skelly. And uh, he has to shut down because it's so dangerous to let people in there. And this is the reason, right? If we have people gathering in there, the virus will spread and people will die. So we have to shut down your business. And uh, my friend Greg Wycliffe in his car drove down there and went across yep. the street to a Costco that was packed. And they act like, well, that's different. No, it's not different. You're just mm-hmm. a coward and you won't admit that there's something this is this makes no sense. And they do the mental gymnastics just to, to, to make it make sense, because otherwise they have to look in the mirror and admit something's wrong. And that means you have to do something about it. It's like being a drug addict and you try mm-hmm. to tell somebody they have a drug problem. And instead of going, man, you're right. They fight you. They get angry at you and, and then fight you. No, I don't. How dare you? Uh, because if you admit there's a problem, then now you obviously you have to do something about that problem. And they don't want to deal with it. So they pretend there isn't one. It's uh, part of the challenge coming back is giving people an out that makes them feel like they weren't duped and and, and moron for it. Because the longer that this goes, the psychology is, well, I don't want to admit that I was wrong. All this time's gone on. All these people have told me I was right. So screw you. You're an idiot. You're out there. And then they'll keep driving that gaslighting to divide the issue rather than talk about it, which uh, me and my brother have talked about extensively. And I want your opinion on, but, there's no cost benefit analysis. Even if you're saving mm. thousands of lives today, and that's your argument, suicides. how many lives are you putting at risk tomorrow? How many suicides? Over, how many overdoses? overdoses. Yep. Uh, economic losses that will present people and put them in poverty line. Then they're, oh, they're going to be at risk for heart disease because they're going to be eating crappier foods. And 20 years goes by. What does that look like? Nobody's every, thought every, about this. And, oh, some, some of us, I'm sure they have. They just don't yeah. care. Every increase in unemployment increases, you know, uh, premature death and violent crime and domestic problems and all, by by uh, you know a correlating amount. So it's like oh unemployment's up four percent. That means a lot of dead people is what that means. And uh, well, what's more important to you? And yeah, that was the Mark Mark Twain quote you reminded me of. Is that it's it's far easier to uh, fool people than it is to convince them that they've been fooled. And I I know what that's like. I know I had to look in the mirror uh, again. I don't want to turn this into a cons- you know whatever you want to believe. Like I said, I don't I wasn't a fan of that war. Now in in retrospect, having you know dug into what actually went on there but if i i've you know i had to look myself in the mirror and go this was all this was a mistake you know this was my career this was my everything i cared about my whole life and now i now i'm now i have a moral uh you know uh conundrum or crossroads here and it's like 
uh, how do I live with this? You know, you, you have to be able to, to do that. You can't, you're, you're going to have to be able to admit that. And um, it's not, I mean, you got to forgive yourself. It's not really your fault in a lot of ways. I mean, there's a lot of effort being uh, put forth to, 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 to make people conform and, and toe the line. It's not like it was uh, either way. It's like everywhere they turn, it's saying, you know, COVID scary, stay home, stay safe, get the vaccine. Everywhere you look, it's on the radio, it's on TV every 15 minutes, mm-hmm. every radio ad, every celebrity, everywhere. So it's like, oh, how do you not believe this? It's like, well, I mean, it's everywhere. Obviously, most people are going to are gonna think that way. So that's another thing I find difficult. A lot of people are angry at those that, that refuse to see what's going on. Uh, rather than, you know, having any sympathy where it's like, I get it. You know, it's, it's difficult to yeah. admit that may, cause that's scary to live in a world like mm-hmm. you either, either it's, it's easier to, to believe that there's a bunch of crazy people that just, you know, they don't live in reality and they're insane. That's scenario one. And then the scenario two is the government, the media, these people are lying to you. They're sick in the head and they're, you know, uh, they're willing to, they don't care about you. They're, they're just doing evil things to make money. That's substantially more frightening than the fact that there's a fringe element of society that just doesn't. And he dismissed them as flat earth people or whatever, rather than even uh, if they're, even government's if compromised. Malicious, they're yeah. at the very least, they're incompetent to the 10th degree, yeah. and they're not yeah. willing to admit their incompetence when they've yeah. blundered. And yep. so, I mean, either way you slice the cake, you don't have to be a conspiracy theorist to go, guys, human nature, you're put in their, yeah. their shoes. You're the leader of Ontario. You screwed up. Bunch of people yep. lost their businesses. Bunch of people yep. maybe committed suicide, overdose, and now you're the guy. You made the wrong call. Yep. Are you going to admit it, or do you double down? And most people don't have the moral courage to say, "I was, no. I made the no. wrong decision." Yeah, Doug Ford, who seems to be putting on weight every week, you know, he's just talking, telling people about <laughs> discipline, and the guy's just living on. He's just eating two liter tubs of butter, I think, at night. Maybe it's from stress. I don't know. It was a hot mic, you know, thing. He's like, "Oh, you'd be crazy to disagree with your." your top medical officer. You might as well throw a rope around your neck and jump off a bridge. So then I was like, well, what do we need you for then, Doug? Because apparently you're not in charge. You're not in charge of the country. You're not in charge of the province then. So what are we paying you for? And, uh, you know, they started protesting in his house, which I thought was great. Absolutely. There's no reason for that. That's not appropriate. Well, Doug, you're the one putting all the pain on these people. It's your policies and your decisions that have made these people lose their jobs, you know, and their livelihoods and threaten their existence. Who should they complain to? We, they, they're more than happy to let you roam around a park, you know, Queens Park, you know, harmlessly or whatever, because they, they don't care. But if you show up inside the guy's house, all of a sudden it's a big deal. Yeah. You know, you don't like it all of a sudden. Huh? Like, uh, I, I like that. I, the good. And that's what everyone should be doing, because uh, this isn't and, and they blame COVID. The government says, well, because COVID happened and COVID. No, no, COVID didn't do this. Government policies did. And government policies are enacted by people. Uh, with names <laughs> that exist and the only way that uh, anything can ever be changed is you need to put pressure on these people and be like we're not this is not acceptable you're not going to get away with this and there's going to be a price to be paid for the things you've done uh, otherwise what why would they stop it's like robbing a bank every day and everyone just watches you do it sitting there chewing like they're cows like mm, stealing more money today you know like why would you stop Free money. No one's even going to try and stop you. What what motivation does he have? They're going to take the path of least resistance. And right now it's keep towing the line and doing the same thing everybody else is doing because no one's even so much as, you know, throwing a shoe at them. You know what I mean? Like, why? what's the problem? You know, why Why not? So, uh, Well, you listen to the pressers and you just get disappointed that it's like, why aren't yeah. the hard questions being asked? Yeah. I mean, PCR reliability hasn't even really been brought up or questioned. Yeah. And it, it's, it was uh, cited in a court case in Portugal. PCR, they said yeah. that they cited the medical yep. study, 4,000 tests. If it was above 35 cycles, less than 3% chance it was infectious. And then yep. they said it's not reliable to use as a diagnosis. Go to a physician. Yep. They'll diagnose. 
and it, it doesn't even t it doesn't test for any specific viruses from what i understand it just it's like so how do you even know you know and, and there was like over 50 percent of the cases are false positives and this is what you're using as a as a justification to destroy our economy and again you, you know, what do you say we spent more than the, the last two world wars like that's that's going to be on my children to pay and their quality of life is going to be greatly diminished now because doug ford can't you know face hard questions and I'm supposed to be, I'm supposed to be accepted. Like this is criminal negligence. This is manslaughter minimum. You know, how many, how many things lives have been destroyed now because you're, because you're a coward. That's uh, I'm, I'm not okay with that. And it just, that, that really irks me as well that these politicians can, they do these things and they walk away. There's never any punishment. There's never any consequences, but uh, you know, Adam Skelly gets, and you know, he told me that he got a 300, what was the amount of fine? He got some six figure crazy number. For police services, like you better pay it, or we're going to arrest you. And he said, "I'm, I'm not paying it." And it was an intimate. They just tried to intimidate him into paying it, and it went away. The media didn't report that part that they dropped it, and he does not have to pay that. But they did make sure to report that he was charged all this money to intimidate people. So you know, it's like there, there's punishment. Like Kevin Johnson goes to jail because he doesn't wear a mask in a, in a store. Like the punishment should fit the crime, right? I, I believe that. So the crimes of the government are such. What is an appropriate punishment? Boo. You know, handy holding a sign outside a house. You know what I mean? Uh, it's, the real it's question scary. is going to be, how do they hold, you know, we were talking about this today, like me and my brother, like, how do you hold them accountable? What is going to be the history book on this? Yeah. What's it going to look like? What's going to be the narrative around it? Are they just going to like, is it going to go down on as a big scary thing or is it going to go that they overreacted and that nothing happened to like, how yeah. do we hold them accountable? Who's even, and I sure. said this. And I, I want to get to your thoughts on this, but who's even really in charge of the government right now? Yeah. Because Ford comes out and he says, I just listened to the doctors. The doctors are caught on hot mic and they say, I just do what they write down for me. So is it like Doug's actually running it, but he's not really running it. And it's, it's what's going on. What's the power structure? Who's making the calls? Who gets held accountable? Nobody's asking these questions, but I mean, and we, we may never know, but you know, I would, I would, you would have to hold the premiers and the, and the MLAs and the MPs accountable because at the end of the day, you're the one that has the power to make these decisions and you're choosing to do the things you're doing. I don't care if you're intimidated or, or pressured to do a certain thing. That's if, if you don't want to be able to make difficult decisions, you shouldn't be in a leadership position, period. You know, it's like, well, it was really difficult. So I, I just went with the flow. Like, that's not leadership. That's cowardice. You, should, you need to be able to make these decisions and you made the wrong ones. The least you can do, you know, if you're Doug Ford or if you're, you're, any, any of these people, Brian Pallister or any, any of these maniacs, just be like, listen, you know, give this press conference. This is out of control. This is beyond me. Uh, I'm not comfortable with any of this. I don't agree with any of this. I'm resigning. Uh, I, I refuse to be a part of this, and I'm sorry, but I, I can't. Uh, I'm not your guy. You know, he could do that. Why doesn't he? He chooses because it's easy. Well, I want the, I want the money. I want to be premier. He, he wants to be prime minister probably someday, right? Um, you know, he's premier he's of Ontario. It's a big it's, uh, Right? So... You know, he's not an honest guy, you know, they, what nothing's stopping them from resigning. So in the future, it'll, they'll be, it'll be revealed that like they knew this and that. And, oh, yeah, I guess I should have did that. Yeah, you should have. And uh, you should go to jail, you know, and, and not like get, not get reelected. That's your punishment. You only get a six figure pension and you'll have to find a different million dollar, you know, endeavor with you've already all the political connections and stuff you've made throughout your career and your businesses and everything else. Oh, damn, poor you. Boo hoo. That's very little. That's very little uh, consolation. To all the people that committed suicide and had their families destroyed by your you know, reckless policies. You you need to go to jail. Um, you know, it's criminal negligence. You know, it's like uh, running a running a any kind of business. Imagine being the CEO of a company or something and you did some kind of 
some something that caused the deaths of some of your employees. You'd be sued and, and held accountable for that. But because they're government, uh, you know, officials, there's never any. I don't. Has anyone ever gone to prison for anything these people have done? And the United States, any country, they just always it's like human nature to go. Oh, well, what are you going to do? They're they're uh, they're in, they're in, they're invincible. The worst thing that happens is they don't get reelected. Uh, you know. Or they get, you know, a public disgrace like Duffy did. Yeah. Or oh, they yeah, drag his name through the mud. And then, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, you know I'll, he got, I'll, he got... I'll apologize all day for $16 million. That's fine. I'm really sorry. I'm rich. I'm really sorry. I robbed you. I'm really sorry. Bye. I got to get on my helicopter now. <laughs> <laughs> well, there, there definitely needs to be accountability. And I don't know what that's going to look like. The part of the oh. issue is the public opinion on it. Because there's so many people that think they're not doing a bad job. Oh, they're doing the best they can. And, you know, it's hard and COVID's dangerous and tricky. And it's like the narrative needs to get right first before that accountability could ever be reached. Because people still think that Trudeau is doing a good job right now. Because he's handing your money out and putting our future generations at risk. And inflation is going to get, you know, is going to get bad here because of the amount of money they put into the uh, the economy. But, no, it's all good because he's giving me stuff today. And this is what's that and, look you know, like? I don't know. A lot of a lot of people a lot of people are angry understandably and they you know it, it's very it, honestly it's difficult to tell what's much malice and what's incompetence but the the point is does it matter the results are the same either they're intentionally uh you know be, you know doing a bad job or, or really they've, they've got someone else's interests in minds and not yours or they're just massively incompetent the results are the same you should be fired you know if you do a really bad job typically you get you get fired uh, if you do a criminally negligent job you might even go to jail and uh, no one, you know, so what difference does it make? They got to go, all of them, period. Uh, there's very little people in the House of Commons talking about this. They're just wanting to, you know, you got Pierre giving zingers about the budget. and uh, But beyond that, uh, I don't see anybody talking about how destructive these lockdowns are and, and how the damage that's been done and the amount of money that we can't unspend. You know, our, our debt to GDP is, is through the roof. We have no gold reserves whatsoever. If you have an ounce of gold and you're safe mm-hmm. at home, you have more money than the government of Canada does. Uh, you know, trillion dollar spending packages, no budget for two years. And the money they do spend goes to other countries and other places. The United States just did the same thing. Biden just before trillion dollars. And oh, we're going to give Americans a check for 1400 bucks. Well, that'll keep the lights on for two weeks. That's that's nice. But uh, how many countries got, you know, built something like 90% of that money left America? And this is this is this is the, the money of the the people worked for that money. It's not the government's money. This is your labor and your hard work that they took from you without your consent and then gave it away. And then they go, shame on you. Work harder. Give us more money. Pay because the skies mean. I know China pollutes a ton, and I know most of the world's pollution comes from India and Pakistan and China. But we're going to break the backs of uh, farmers in Saskatchewan and Alberta with a carbon tax increase because the skies mean. That's even worse than that. You know, it's like this is this is not this is nonsense. And they tax and spend and tax and spend, and it just again. Um, they're not they're not good people and it, it, there's enough people that can see that so it's not like we're we're lacking it's not like our society is just we, oh, almost no one knows how to do anything there's a ton of people that are aware of what's uh how bad this is uh it just seems either they they put these weak people in positions like this it mind blows my mind that Aaron O'Toole is somehow the conservative party lever i think ralph wiggum would be a, a better choice at this point he just looks excited to be there at this point i'm i'm in i'm in a suit right now like aaron just sit down like the guy's oblivious he just, you know, i'm important you know it's ridiculous. and you know you've got jagmeet saying over there it's craziness man it's just uh this is the best we can do it's Something's wrong here clearly and in the united states it's like who, who are options you've got president dementia you know, like how, how did this happen? 
a country is 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 big and powerful and prestigious and storied is the United States of America. The guy that is the leader of that whole the empire essentially of the world is oh when you want to get something done and you put your mind to it you you know you, you can anyway. you can, you can uh, well anyway uh, we're uh, we're gonna get a lot done <laughs> oh. You know, uh, who, do yeah. I, who do I hand this off to? Falls up the stairs. The wind blew me down. You know, I was chasing a dog and I, uh, my foot and I got this little dog and anybody knows uh, there was a tennis ball in, a, in an alleyway and like, okay, what is, what is going, what is going on here? <laughs> you know, this is crazy. How are we accepted? But somebody said this in one of the streams. Uh, it's like, uh, I, and I learn a lot from, from the streams as well too. I read some of the comments and some of these people are, are smart. They say things and they're like, yeah, that's a good observation. Like we deserve it. It's a reflection of our society. And we're like mad that these people are in charge, but we're not doing anything about it either. So, you know, that's like being in an abusive relationship. And you're like, oh, you know, oh, you know my husband or wife is awful and blah, blah, blah. Well, they, well then do something about it. Whoa. Well, then whose fault is it? Yeah. Politics Yours. is upstream from culture, right? We allow, so, we allow this you know, to continue. Oh, exactly. There, and, and this is it happens because nobody cares about accountability. Like that's there's a Canadians get flared up. There's a flash right. in a pan. There's three to five right. days, maybe two weeks goes by and max, away. and then everything goes back to yeah. whatever. The, the the blackface, the we charity scandal, on and on and on and on. You just got to ride it out, and it goes away, and and they don't care. Not and once. I think that's why. Not twice. Yeah, that's three right. times. <laughs> yeah, and then they asked him, "How many more times were you? How many times did you dress up in blackface, Justin?" Uh, I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. So more than three, 30, 50? Is this what you do every Sunday? Is it a family activity? Were you dressing up as Idris Elba for Sophie? Is this some kind of fetish you do? I don't know what went on there, but uh, you know. But I think that's why it's so infuriating, <laughs> especially for for me and, and a lot of military guys, is because we came from a world where accountability was one hundred percent a thing, and uh, you know we're angry at like you know. the a lot of you know the police and the, the gun cult like they they're the rcmp lose 400 guns in one year they're on a rampage 20 some people are shot and they couldn't be bothered to tell anybody and then go well we need all the guns for accountability dude i carried a machine gun around a war zone as a 19 20 year old kid i didn't shoot anybody i wasn't supposed to but you you guys can't and you're going to tell me how it is i think we should be teaching you teaching you have you made any you did anything wrong you were going to pay if i did something like that if i pulled up to a building you know, like they did in Nova Scotia, lit up a fire hall with 40, 50 rounds because they were scared or whatever, I would be in prison. They would have thrown me in jail. They would have kicked me out of the military. I would, it would have been awful, man. Never mind if somebody was hurt. But, eh, like, so accountability is important, and there's absolute 100% accountability. In the You're accountable for every single round that you fire. You need to be 100% accountable to everything that you do. And then you get out of the military, and you expect at least mostly the same thing from the government, at least, and from the police. And it turns out there's no accountability. So is it any surprise why we're, like, furious that, like, if, if we can do it, why can't you? And you're going to tell us that we're the, we're the ones that need to shut up and listen? Nah, you know, it's like, is there, is there, does there need to be a coup? Does there need to be a military junta government or something? This is uh, this is crazy. And it's the same in, you know, every other country. It's like, we're, it's like the, the, the lions are being led by the lambs here, and they're the blind leading the blind or worse. It's, I don't know, but uh, it's it's infuriating to watch. And, and uh, you know, they, they lie and steal and get away with it. How much money did Trudeau steal? You know, oh, he didn't steal. He just misplaced half a million dollars and gave it to his friends and family and his brother and everything else. And I, you know, if I, if I don't report a thousand dollars in income on taxes, I get audited, but this guy can steal half a million bucks and it goes, nah, like, oh, like how long can this go on before people, uh, just, just snap. And that, that's what I would love to prevent because it's like an elastic, I mean, it has to be right. I mean, there's, uh, it's like physics it's laws of the universe, equal and opposite reaction, you know, cause and effect. You can't just stretch this elastic band of corruption forever. 
to 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 when to what end when we're all just like living in in shanty towns in the woods on like fifteen dollars a year and government officials are paid fifty million dollars a day like there's got to be at some point it just snaps and goes uh, and and I'm I'm really worried about that in all seriousness like I've seen a lot of, a lot of guys are committing suicide but there's also another element to that that goes I don't want to live anymore I don't really care like I've lost everything I've lost my business my job you know my health it's just like screw it. I don't care. I don't care anymore. And once, and, and that turns into anger really quickly, especially if they blame appropriately the government, like I, they're playing a dangerous game. And and on top of this, like, Oh, and uh, hate speech laws also. Oh, and uh, give us all your guns. Oh, and uh, you're going to take these experimental. Uh, it's like, are you trying to drive us insane? <laughs> if I was trying to make everybody snap and go completely fucking insane, sorry for swearing. This is, I would be, I couldn't do a better job than this. I don't know how I could make this more and gaslighting everybody on TV all the time. It's like, I, I wake up every day just like I, it, this can't still be going on. <laughs> you know, this is the longest two weeks of curve flattening I, I could possibly imagine. Mm -hmm. We're on year two now, and uh, now they're saying they're slowly mm -hmm. walking it in. I figured about six months ago, I was like, oh, this is forever. This isn't a temporary thing. This is a power grab. There's all these books written by these industrialists and these bankers and these guys. The Fourth Industrial Revolution, the Great Reset, over you know Klaus Schwab and all these guys. They wrote these books been written on them, but for ten years now they've been they've been working on this and. Um, it, it like this isn't going away and you, you've seen it in, in the media and Bloomberg had an article the other day. We have to prepare for a permanent pandemic. This is, this is going to be a permanent thing. Uh, doctors in the UK saying this is going to be at least 10 years of mask wearing and, and needles and everything like that. If they say 10 years, it's forever. They said two weeks and we're a year plus into the masks now. So if we accept 10 years by year three, we even we forgot, you know, there's no countdown. There's no plan. There's no, there's no, uh, that's another thing, you know, in the military, if you've no, if you've no plan to get out of a situation, if you're in an ambush, right, and, uh, you know, lead vehicle goes down, road's blocked, we can't move. You know, we're, we're being hit from the front and the right, and everybody's just looking around, oh, blah, 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 blah. and you're the only guy that you, somebody eventually says, all right, everybody shut the hell up. If you're a private, and this there's an instance of this happened in, in, in Afghanistan. There was privates and corporals that had to take over sections, and, you know, because the guys in charge were just flummoxed and, you know, panicking and didn't know what to do. So somebody has to just take charge and, and fix the situation. Um, so how much longer can this go on before somebody goes, all right, enough, enough is enough. Um, this is crazy. And that's scary. Like, like, I don't, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, it is. And I think about that too. We've just keep pushing and pushing and you can't, there is no debate anymore. There is no platform yep. for debate anymore. If you get a voice because people want to listen to you, we take your voice because people wanted to listen to you. And then yeah. you just drive them further and further underground. And I, I do worry about that. Like you said, elastic band theory equal reaction every action has a reaction mm -hmm. um but it brings me to do you think we're at like the flip side of that is like the demoralization that yuri bezmenov talked about that yeah, people won't absolutely. realize how bad things are until yeah, there's a boot yeah. on their balls yeah, yeah. <laughs> right is, is it gonna take do you think that there's obviously that segment but i think there's a lot more people that are probably it would take literally everything being taken from them and then I worry that the justification that they've done to get the incremental yeah. steps to here will be done, done for just bigger things because yeah. I've done all these little things that got bigger. Now, yeah. why not make the bigger ask? It's that's, no different than, yeah, uh, that's another, that's another fear. And I, I know guys in the United States that I, you know, was following closely what happened with there in the election. And it was like, there was a lot of people, I mean, believe what you want, but there was a, a lot of people that believed that the election was stolen. And that's a dangerous concept in a country with, uh, you know, militias and the oath keepers and three percenters and this kind of stuff. And it's like, well, what happens now and there's an understanding that like they want you to snap and if somebody snaps and goes crazy you know they take you know congressman hostage or, or something like that that's every justification they need to come at you 10 times harder 
They're going to send the ATF and the FBI and the National Guard, on, you know, and round up all the white supremacist terrorists and stuff, right? Who are just, you know, they're going to be patriotic Americans and gunner. But that's, you know, what they'll say. And you're going to give them that excuse. So it's difficult to, you know, uh, geez, I mean, nobody wants to have that conversation or talk with that because we all just want to go back and live our lives and, and play with our kids and, you know, work our jobs and watch our hockey games and, and have Saturday night at the pub again. That's all anybody wants. And they, and they won't let us have it. And it's like, oh, we got to go to flat. And it would be one thing. Uh, Roman Baber, another M- – I try to remember the, peop- the names of people that aren't awful. <laughs> this guy – this is something I said a long time a long time ago. I was like, I, my, in my opinion, if you're an MP in, say, Ontario, what's the mean average median income of a, of a household or, in Ontario? I don't know, $75,000. Okay, that's what you get paid as an MP. You don't get paid $165,000. You don't get to be rich. You represent your community. You want to make more money? Make your community you know, make more money. Do work for your community. And, and if, if the average income of a household goes up 1000 bucks, you, you make $1,000 more. That's just how it works. Um, and he said, well, if we're going to, we're going to lock down and everybody, uh, can't work and they don't get paid, then neither should we, we should, when the, all the MPs should uh, not be paid. And they laughed him out of the building and then it suggested that he should not get paid, but everybody else, like they're completely self-interested. It's just like they're parasites. Yeah. Well, he said, you should go on sir pay. It's only yeah. fair. I mean, after all, we're forcing yep. Canadians on it. And they yep. said, and you're the leader, sit down. Lead, lead by, sit down, lead by example. Yeah. Yeah, and he said, yeah. they said, sit down. And then the, I can't remember who it was, but passed the motion basically to only have Mr. Babber have to pay yeah. the yep. TRB beyond the $2,000 salary. Yeah. So this is, I think they care about you. And that's, here's hmm. an elected official bringing Ready a genuine concern from my constituents. Listen, I think we should, yeah. we should understand how hard this is. Here's my proposal. Yeah. Hey, sit down. We don't care. And by the way, you're such a goon. Look, I'm going to pass this motion. And it actually got passed. And if the speaker yeah. had it, let it gone, it would have been. This is how stupid that is. And we're supposed yeah. to believe those people will turn yeah. around and have my and, best interest at heart. Yeah. And again, the military is all about leadership. Even if you're like a young private, like they, you're supposed to be trained to like take over because people die. If you're a private, you need to be able to do the job of the corporal, and the mass corporal ahead of you in case they're killed. And that's you train two levels up. Right. And uh, so, I mean, there was days where I didn't eat because if you, you know, there's food and whatever. The privates eat first. The guys underneath you eat first, and whatever's left is, is up to you. But you, you know, you look out for them first. That's how it's done. Uh, you know, the officers, like the guys in charge, eat last if there's anything left. You know, and 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 that's just how it is. But we have a society where uh, Doug Ford eats first and eats all the food, and then he leaves everybody else with nothing. It's like that Family Guy joke when they were making fun of uh, who who was that? You know what I mean? Who's that guy? Um, oh, gee, John Goodman, I think. <laughs> He's like enormous Thanksgiving dinner, a huge plate. He's got like this emaciated family and he's sitting there and they're like, like daddy, I'm hungry. He's like, I said you can have what's left. And it's like, but there's never anything left. You know, that's what it is. The government's just vacuuming up all the money, taking care of itself first. And uh, if there's time, maybe we'll throw you a bone. We'll give you some serve money that you got to pay back, by the way. It's basically a loan with interest. So that's great. Um, you know, and it's like, why are people so angry? They have every right to be. And in any other time period, I don't even want to say what may have happened. But could you imagine this? Uh, you know, in, in the in the 1700s, they were like, whoa, oh, yes, I see you, Collins. They're going to have to pay an extra tax on this tea. And we're going to need an extra few pounds. And then they just shot those people. <laughs> They're like, no, nah, I'm not doing it. American Revolution kicks off. And now it's like, you know. Basically, every Friday, the government's going to come over to your house and force itself on your wife, and you better do it. And we're like, well, I guess, you know, <laughs> what is going on? Everybody's so docile and uh, beaten. And that and that, that may be just the demoralization, demoralization you're talking about with Bezmanov. And it's just uh, it's everywhere with the, with the media and, and TV. And I'm trying to do the opposite. It's, uh, it, you know, making people I mean, I'm not trying to make people into an angry frenzy and riot or anything like that. But it's like you need to rediscover that like you're a person and you matter and you're being treated very badly. 
like like your friend that's in an abusive relationship is like you're better than this you don't deserve this uh get out of there you got to do something about this because if you don't nobody's nobody's gonna come help you you know it's like uh this is awful you don't deserve to be treated like this and your grandparents and your father and you know, everybody that came before you that built this civilization for you, that worked and toiled to, to struggle to build this, did not have this in mind for you. And if they could see what was happening right now, uh, they would be pretty upset. You know, they'd be egging you on to, to do something about this, whatever that looks like. I don't know. That's, that's something, a question you're going to have to ask yourself. But um, you need to in, instill that attitude that this is not okay. This isn't this isn't par for the course. This isn't a status quo. This isn't, oh, that's just how it is. This is, um, this is unprecedented levels of... Uh, of like greed and uh and and ego and um it's just it's like the it's like the worst parts of humanity all at once are just bubbling to the surface while the good people are stepped on and the worst of us are, are rewarded you've got you know like people like justin trudeau who can apparently do no wrong and he, by all accounts he's a criminal and uh we have a banana republic the the, the and who, who are you going to call for help the rcmp Brenda Lucky, who's who's busy busy putting in fancy diamond earrings. Like you're the top cop of the country. You could at least, you know, be in shape for starters. And you're worried about putting earrings in. You're investigating the prime minister's office for corruption and obstruction of justice. And then you drop the the investigation because they asked you to. This is a banana republic. Like what what can he do? That or what are they going to do? So the RCMP is compromised. So we can't we can't plan on them to to help. So. That's out the window, you know, and I had hoped, I remember there's a time when I was like, I, I served under General Hillier when he was the chief of defense staff and he visited us in Afghanistan. Everybody loved that guy. He thought it was great. And I was like, where is this guy? Where, where's Jan, Where's Andrew Leslie? Where are these generals, these guys we looked up to, to look out for us? So, you know, like you were our boss, you were the man, you were the guy that had our back that was, you know, going to protect us and look out for us and make sure we were done right by. And uh, he comes out of the woodwork finally to, to help Doug Ford's COVID rollout plan. You're just like, there's no help coming. There, you know, it's like we're going to have to do this ourselves because uh, apparently, unfortunately, it turns out we've, we've become soft as a, as a people in a country. We've got, you know, uh, generate de decades of soft edges and rounded corners and everything being easy and uh, things got hard and everybody forgot how to how to handle it. I guess it's uh, it's, it's sad. I, but, I mean, where's the opposition? You've got a handful of guys. You've got Roman Baber, Derek Sloan, Randy Hillier, a few elected people here and there. Um, you know, I, I was, this election would be interesting if you had like Pierre Polyev quit the conservative party and join the PPC or something. I'm not saying he should, but if he did, that would be like, well, now interesting. Now I'm going to pay attention. But until then, I mean, I've every reason to believe that Trudeau's going to win again. Uh, O'Toole is the least popular leader in, in CPC history. I think he's, you know, he's Ralph Wiggum. He's a base, he's a basketball with arms and legs that walks around like he's a deer in a headlights. I don't think he knows where he is half the time. Uh, they're not going to win, uh, their entire base is in Alberta and Saskatchewan and in Manitoba. And he just told them all, yeah, we're pro climate change and climate tax and everything, which is going to absolutely destroy their, their way of life. So they're not on board. Derek Sloan was very popular with that kicked him out of the party. There's no way to think that they have not a chance in hell. Jagmeet Singh could be the opposition leader. And then what kind of, that kind of shape are we in? We've got nothing but uh self interest. The guy's walking around like he's some kind of man of the people. It's like nice $10,000 suit, bud. Like way to send a message to people like you're, oh, I'm just like you. Nice Rolex, you know, unbelievable. Like the, I would, you know, who even wears a watch anymore? You have, dude, <laughs> one of these, everyone I know uses one of these, see what time it is. <laughs> He's like, oh, I need a $5,000. This is just a status thing. It's just a clue as to what kind of person he is, you know? And I'm like, I don't, I'm not a fan of that guy or any, any of the rest of them. So, and, uh, you know, on other problems, but I'm just going to rant about different politicians now. But yeah, I don't like many of them, most of them. <laughs> By default, I'm, suspicious at a bare minimum i think I mean, we got to get closing up here but it's yeah, been a yeah. great conversation i think that yep. self-censorship is the biggest problem facing canada yep. 
Um, yep. If we want to uh, have a solution and we want to, if I was going to present a solution to Canadians, is the biggest censorship problem there is, is when you self-censor yep. yourself, even in yep. your own home, because they can yep. censor social media online. They may censor di uh, diverge and, and your channel one day may never be able to get out, but they can't censor the conversations at home. And if you're already doing yep. that online, you're likely doing it in your home. And yep. so you need to break that pattern. I think mm -hmm. in that way, even if there is no accountability by an RCMP or a, a pr yeah. proper court procedure, there's public shaming. Yeah. And it, it's just and basically that, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's that old analogy or that old, you know, cartoon. It's like, if one, if one, one nail stands up, it gets hammered down, you know, that's the Chinese, you know, saying, but you know, one guy gets up and maybe they'll knock him down, but then three other guys aren't going to like it. And then there's 20 and then there's 50 and then you're overwhelmed and it's over. I'm just trying to encourage I mean, say what you believe. Don't, don't let them make you afraid to be who you are and care about the things because we, you know, people don't like this and it's against our values and our beliefs, but there's such a, uh, you know, they're basically intimidating people into, into self-censoring don't say anything or we'll call you names. I don't care. You know, you called me every name. And once it's out there, it's out there. I've been called every name in the book. I've been uh, doxxed and the, all the anti-hate articles, whatever. All you did was make me more bold in the first place. Now I've got nothing to lose. What are you going to do? Are you going to, you going to call yep. me racist again? <laughs> uh oh, you know, I don't care. And, um, you know, now other other people I know have started their own channels and doing their own kind of community activism and that kind of stuff. And it's just uh, it's going to spread from there. So you, you need uh, people that have the guts to to say it, to say that, just say what's true, say what you believe and, and don't uh, don't blink. Don't don't flinch yeah. when they come after you. And then uh, you'll win eventually because there's way more of us than there are of them. Yeah. No, stand up, be true to it. And you're going to take heat as soon as you stand yeah. up, you're going to become the target. But. You know, somebody's got to be the starting point so other people can stand up behind them. So we're yep. waiting on that. And I always put out that challenge, but voice yep. your opinion, be that person who's vocal about it, yep. share the medical studies, share the narrative difference because they're not going to hear it elsewhere, but be compassionate while doing so because yeah. nobody wants to be beat while they're being told they were wrong. <laughs> yeah. If you're being an asshole about it, it's not going to go as far. And I mean, I'm, I'm pretty rude and abrasive, but I mean, you know, it's a, <laughs> that's just my way of doing it. You know, it doesn't mean I'm trying to be better than me if you can, but I, you know, I'm i I'm a deranged mental patient from, you know, escaped from the military with brain damage. So, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm, that's my, you know, that's my, my excuse you know. get out of jail out of free card yeah exactly <laughs> it's like i'm taking lemons and i'm making lemonade and you're yeah, gonna yeah yeah <laughs> you made me into this you should never give me those pills you've made you i'm your frankenstein now <laughs> well we really thank you for coming on uh i, I gotta say jeremy or mr mckenzie which would you prefer but oh uh, mr mckenzie's say mr. Field older. Yeah, I wasn't off. I know. I, I just turned 35. I look about 55 and I feel 75. So I don't know. Maybe I don't know how much time I got left here. Jeremy's fine. You know, that is my name that my parents gave me. So, yeah. And, and Mr. is uh, more can, of an officer. Where can we find you on uh, social media for people that may be new to you here? Well, I'm banned from goddamn everywhere. Um, uh, <laughs> Telegram for now is, is a website, uh, ragingdissident.tv. There's a mailing list there. You can go and, and sign up for that. And I can, any, any blog posts or updates I post there, get automatically sent to your inbox the telegram page is is good good for you know links and you know stories and memes and you know when i just vent about you know it's there t.me slash raging distant at jmac 674 on on instagram and i think there's a gab account raging distant on there and yeah, that's probably probably it for now but monday wednesday friday night 8 p.m eastern entropy stream.live slash raging distant i do it's usually supposed to be three hours sometimes i go four or longer because i can get talking <laughs> if you've noticed <laughs> people call in through a uh, discord app and you know we have conversations we talk about stuff towards the end and it's kind of a 
know, it's almost like a group therapy session in a way. And it's, uh, it's, it's fun. You know, we, uh, we just sit here and I don't care about anything. I'll say whatever the hell I damn well want. And it's a lot of people like that. And uh, I, I do too. I, it helps me as much as, uh, as everybody else. Cause I don't know where I would be just sitting here enduring all this craziness and not knowing any of the people, I, I, the, the friends I've made and the people I've connected with. I couldn't imagine going through this alone right now, you know, having nobody to lean on and, and nobody to, to talk to and, and to listen to you. So, you know, if that's interesting to you, uh, <laughs> come check it out. You know, well, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us and obviously on the COVID vaccine, yeah, uh, feeling so coerced to, yeah, no, and feeling coerced to have it. That's the main issue that we were talking about tonight. So yeah. thank you for drawing attention to such a critical issue that is obviously time sensitive as, as things unfold here. Yeah. Anytime. All right. Thank you. Have Cheers. a good night. Well, <laughs> <laughs> Cheers.